The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. The NFL season is here. We've got Cowboys and Bucks coming up tonight on Pirate Radio. You can listen to it on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. Also on 1250 and 930. You can check out this show online at PR927FM.com and watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Be a part of the show. Drop your question or comment or both on Facebook Live and we'll read them and let you be a part of today's program. We've got some guests to get to on today's show, including former play-by-play voice of the ECU Baseball Pirates, Corey Glore. He'll join us to talk about his wild week one in Norman, Oklahoma, as Corey was on the call when Tulane just about pulled the upset over the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll ask him how the homeland is with the hurricane rolling through and uh, talk some football and more with Corey Glore coming up in about 25 minutes. At 3.45-ish, we'll check in with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. We'll get his thoughts on tonight's matchup between the Bucks and the cowboys also talk week one nfl lines what does he think about the panthers and jets how about my football team taking on the chargers and all the other games going on week one we'll break it down later on this hour with the big man on campus we'll have our bud light ec report throughout today's show and we'll start it with ronnie woodward coming up at four o'clock as ronnie will join us inside the pirate radio studios we'll hear what a focused and intense mike houston had to say yesterday at uh, uh post-practice press conference also comments from donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell on the way on today's edition of pirate radio live ronnie woodward joins us at four o'clock inside the pirate radio studios and at five o'clock troy d will be alongside rick smith will make his 2021 season debut on pirate radio live we'll hear what he has to say about the pirates lost to appalachian state and also looking ahead to the Gamecocks coming to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this Saturday. Our pregame coverage begins Saturday morning, bright and early, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate at 8 o'clock. We will have a uh, special edition of the UB Pirate Preview, 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. You can hear that show live when it airs Friday at noon. So Jeff Charles and company coming your way Friday at noon right here on Pirate Radio. And we'll replay that 7 a.m. Saturday morning leading up to our 8 a.m. coverage on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So another busy game week here in the Pirate Radio studios as ECU uh, and South Carolina go at it. And we'll uh, 
we'll welcome in Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, intern Gray, intern Macon. Everybody's here. It is a uh, a busy day. It's a packed house. It's a packed heist uh, inside the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, Steve Hill on Facebook Live says Clipper, and he says Go Bucks. I can, uh, boy, not a big Tom Brady guy. Just because I usually root for the underdog. He hasn't been an underdog in 20-plus years. But uh, I will be rooting for him tonight against the Cowboys. I think we can all... Year 22 for the GOAT. That is uh, that is nuts. That I was is two nuts. years old when he made his debut. I remember because I was uh, roommates with a... Kind of random, but my roommate was a giant Drew Bledsoe fan. And so he rooted for the Patriots. And I remember when Brady went down... Or excuse me, when Bledsoe went down, Brady came in. And then in the playoff game... Brady went down. Bledsoe came in. I want to say it was against the Steelers. Helped them win a playoff game. And then uh, Brady, of course, wins the, the Super Bowl and, and everything else is history. The rest is history. And then Bledsoe went to the Cowboys. He sucked. And, uh, yeah, the rest is uh, is history. So, unbelievable that he's still going strong. And the Bucks have their entire Super Bowl team back in 2021. And uh, are big favorites against the Cowboys tonight. We'll talk about that one later with Jeff Nadeau in today's uh show speaking of lines chandler let's hit the rundown and right now we have seen a shift in the south carolina east carolina line south carolina as i look at it now now a two-point favorite uh going into saturday's game at dowdy ficklin stadium should be a pretty good crowd i've seen uh some posts today we'll talk to ronnie about it later but i think john gilbert said he was expecting around forty thousand. Uh, to be at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. So it should be a, a, a pretty good crowd. Uh, and I think a better performance by the Pirates coming up uh, this Saturday than we saw against Appalachian State. The total is sitting at 56 and a half. So expecting uh, some points to be on the board coming up. Uh, Utini Bopper is going to predict South Carolina or ECU to be in the teens on Saturday? Not this week. You thinking more points? I'm thinking more points this week. You're not going to be here tomorrow. No. So we need to get your official prediction. I can do that Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Oh, yeah. He'll be here Saturday. Oh, is that such a bad thing? <laughs> no, it's a great thing, Chandler. I'll tell you why it's a great thing. I'm fired up. Because we're getting sausage dogs from Warren's, Warren's Hot Dogs. Warren's Hot Dog Pizza. And I've thought about that the entire week, and I can't wait to be here Saturday uh, eating those dogs and doing the show, but mostly eating those sausage dogs. Uh, so, okay, fine. We'll get your official prediction today uh, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And my fantasy player. Uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm 1-0 on that. Yeah. After having Keaton Mitchell last week. The speedster. We'll get Rig Smith's uh, prediction in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll see if he calls this one a toss-up. It's a toss-up. This could be a toss-up. <laughs> a lot of toss-ups. Coach, uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear from you at 5, but do you have a preview on uh, what you might be saying at 5 o'clock today? whole lot of stuff and i could have said the ugly word there but i didn't <laughs> all but right I'll be here five how about you just save it son can we do here. a no hush can hey, we do malcolm a gray. <laughs> malcolm gray can you please tell him to hush please can you be quiet please thank you thank you all right thank you all right Appreciate coach it. i got I'll be you here at five o'clock hold your horses and i used to tell josh hawkins that all the time he'd say coach he said when what time's lunch i say you need to hold your horse son so you need to hold your horse i'll be here at five o'clock are you done? 
I'll be here at 5 o'clock. <laughs> All right. Can we do maybe a quick Rick Smith talks to Rick Smith at 5 o'clock? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's a little – I think Coach Smith is okay It's football with it. season. He's too serious. He doesn't want to do that stuff. Maybe that's a better off-season thing to do. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Rick Smith coming up at 5. We'll have Ronnie Woodward at 4 o'clock. Jeff do later this hour. Corey Glore in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, so South Carolina, a favorite coming up. What do you think about that? Throw out your predictions. We'll get them on Saturday when you ride with us on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. But if you want to throw out a prediction or a key player to watch on Saturday, you can do so on Twitter or Facebook Live. Um, all right, number two, NFL opening night. And we have uh, America's team, a great representation of America, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they are big underdogs tonight, nine-point dogs against the Buccaneers total at around 52 everybody and a mama is going to pick the bucks to win this game chandler any reason to believe the cowboys can win this opener at raymond james tonight well you got to start with the offense you get the quarterback dak prescott back you have a great a lot of great receivers in cd lamb you got amari cooper on the outside as well ezekiel elliott in the backfield um sort of a depleted offense line they won't have zach martin tonight i don't believe um, so that is a concern def- uh, offensively for the Cowboys. Okay, you can stop there. You just gave me the reason they could win, and that's just put up enough points to win because I don't think they have much to talk about on the defensive side. I was going to mention they have Micah Parsons, and that's about it. Yeah, that is their – Jalen Smith, yeah, linebacker. Uh, but I, I really don't know what they have defensive front-wise um, to bring pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, and then the – defensive back wise uh, i think they got some young talent there in the in the defensive back uh room uh but now nah, i look the, the the buccaneers bring back every single player they had last year it's not been done but i think only twice in the nfl history so um yeah and that offensive line for uh tampa bay is pretty good tampa- i'm hoping the look i know you guys hate the cowboys but you got to look at on my perspective too I want the. I need the Tampa Bay Bucks to lose. I need them to lose first game of the season, and go down. So it's kind of a. Not, I, I, hate I the understand too. what you're saying, but like, can the Panthers really? Ha- if the Panthers make the playoffs this year, they're going to be a wild card. They can't win enough games to beat. You the can't Bucks. have a chance unless the the Bucks lose. <laughs> All right, so I understand you got to you got to root against the uh, the Bucks tonight, just like you I have to, to root against the Cowboys. I totally get it um ross by the way says in facebook live uh, exceptional rick smith impression he says it was like rick smith imitating michael jackson <laughs> can you give us a hee 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 <laughs> shamon shamon i said you better come on i said you better shamon boy i said shamon josh hawkins shamon god be high school uh why the shift on the jets panthers line we'll talk about that with the big oh. man on campus it is down to four. Mm. We got some Zach Wilson believers out there what somewhere. What was it before? Like five, five and a half? Five, five and a half, yeah. Yeah, that was a little high. Yeah. So now it's maybe has been corrected to what it should be? I guess. You you still confident? Yeah, I'm confident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. What do you think about my football team? We got to get your picks, by the way. Maybe we should do it live on the air when we have like a free five minutes. Okay. So just run them down real quick. Because you're not going to be here tomorrow. Tony Dunn and I will have our 
football friday uh pick them on the show and we want you to be involved in it so when you're yeah. done calling your high school football games you'll be here on fridays again absolutely and uh it's a long grueling like seven week season so it's not like i you're... still want to be involved and i think you know i could do it on thursdays all right uh we'll uh we'll get your picks at some point either on or off the air on this thursday and then uh i saw this and apparently this is big news because if you go to espn.com it is the one two three four fifth story listed what about a stories what about a story uh there is a dead giraffe oh no a dead giraffe uh this is the baton rouge zoo said in a release today come on down with your sissy giraffe spot sissy giraffe sissy orange giraffe he says uh the officials at i say see that was uh very sexist to me could be a she at the uh baton rouge zoo (laughs) said that a 20 month oh man 20 so young did not even get to live a full giraffe life a giraffe named burrow has died after uh developing a sudden onset of symptoms including a severe cough and overall agitation a giraffe coughing would be very strange to witness uh this giraffe has been named after joe burrow and the giraffe's name is spelled b-u-r-r-e-a-u-x and that giraffe uh has passed away why this is on espn.com i have no idea but it is sad news i gotta say they put out a picture of it chandler this is a beautiful one of god's most beautiful creatures that's a beautiful giraffe great color scheme sissy burnt orange giraffe sissy burnt orange dotted uh, giraffe and them giraffe dots bring your ass down here <laughs> hey bring that big neck ass down here that long neck <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if coach o will like read a eulogy or something and be involved it was in a this. good giraffe i tell you what that 20 months we haven't been good in 20 months we ain't been good at all maybe that giraffe that's why we lost to them sissy blues that's why i sacrificed a live giraffe at the Baton Rouge Zoo, uh, Burrow has passed. So, uh, sad news there. Thoughts and prayers to Burrow's family and to the people at the Baton Rouge Zoo. Again, I don't know why this story's on ESPN.com. And now it's on Pi Radio Live Rundown. <laughs> and now it has made its way to Greenville. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, this news needs to be spread throughout our nation that there is a dead giraffe named Burrow that uh was just coughing non-stop wonder if it uh picked up a smoking habit or something i gotta go outside and take a smoke <laughs> if the giraffe could talk what if it talked like ed ordron <laughs> <laughs> mm, this tree is good i'm not long for this world i gotta go good luck joe burrow <clears throat> joe burrow making his return by the way yeah. For the Bungles. Who uh, they got this week? Coming up this Sunday. Who does uh, Redbeard Cincinnati Bengals have? The Cincinnati Bengals open up with the Minnesota Vikings at home. I'm ah. going to put the Vikings on upset alert. I'm sorry, Redbeard, but I have Dalvin Cook. Run, Dalvin, run. Dalvin Cook. Cook it up. What you Dalvin Cooks got cooking up today? So, uh, yeah, that's another AFC-NFC matchup. There's a ton of those coming up this uh, Sunday, week one. All right, let's uh, take a break. I need to gather my thoughts after talking about Burrow. We need to reset. The dead giraffe. Uh, Redbeard says the offensive line let Burrow down. Just another dead bingle giraffe. 
Uh, he is speaking on the quarterback and the draft in that case as uh, Joe Burrow got killed in the Washington game last year. But we'll be back week one for the Bengals this year. Let's take a time out when we return. We'll go down to Louisiana. Maybe uh, Corey has an update on Bring Burrow. your sissy green shirt. They got sissy blue too. Sissy blue. We'll talk uh, to Corey Glore, former voice of ECU baseball, now the voice of the Tulane Green Wave. We'll talk about Tulane's near upset on Oklahoma, what he thought about the Green Wave, what they got coming up uh, the remainder of the year, and uh, talk more with Corey Glore when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Back with you after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. We've got Jeff Nadeau joining us later on this hour. Rick Smith, Troy D at 5 o'clock, Ronnie Woodward at 4 o'clock. And we got a lot of Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell to hear before we get out of here on this thursday opening night for the nfl we got bucks and cowboys tonight right here on pirate radio and uh, a lot of ecu south carolina discussion on the way as well but right now we're going to head out to the fixed nc live line and talk to the voice of the tulane green wave Corey glore he is a uh formerly a show regular and you know what we might still bug him with phone calls from time to time even though he is no longer calling games for the Pirates, but he's on the call for the Tulane Green Wave. Saw a great one on Saturday, and he joins us now. Corey, how you doing, buddy? Clip, Shirley, Chandler, hello. Hello. God, I miss that. It is great to hear you say hello. Chandler, would you like to say hello? Hello. Shirley? You, Corey. Oh, I already did it. I it. <laughs> she answered the phone. We already got our hellos out of the way. Um, what a uh, ride it's been for you early on during your time down there in New Orleans, Corey. Let's talk about the serious real-life stuff first. Um, what was it like uh, going through that hurricane? What did you do? And uh, and I guess what's the aftermath like for you uh, personally where you live? What, what was that like, Corey? Yeah, it's been a lot. I won't lie to you here, Cliff, but I got out before the storm hit, which was now, I guess, two weekends ago, about a week and a half ago. I I evacuated to Houston the day before the storm hit, and I have been back to New Orleans for maybe a grand total of an hour and a half since that time. I went back on Sunday with with your old friend Steve Holman, who works down here at Tulane now, and we want to go check out our places because we had not been back yet. And, and both my place and his place are fine. There was no damage to either one of them. 
Both of us are still without power as of right now, so it's been a good week and a half since power has been uh, restored to my uh, place of living, which I live just west of the city. And I've been in Birmingham, Alabama for a little over a week now where Tulane Athletics, just as a department, has set up shop. We have taken over a hotel in downtown Birmingham, and uh, we are operating from here. And so we are given the okay that we can go back home to New Orleans whenever that might be. Wow. Uh, Well, glad you're doing well, Corey, and I've been able to – to continue on uh, despite uh, all that going on around you and then of course it stinks for Tulane to have the a game against the second ranked team in the country move from Yolman Stadium to a, a road game in Norman Oklahoma uh, but you go out there the team hits the field gets on the board first it's 14 to 14 at the end of the first OU kind of puts its foot on the gas in the second quarter and you're thinking 37 14 at halftime and well it was a good first half whatever what about that second half comeback by the green wave Corey, and to to get that onside to have the ball with a chance to win that game in norman just a uh, phenomenal effort by the tulane green wave and uh, you were there on the call what was that like to, to witness that it was certainly fun, and uh, I, it was when we came out of halftime on the radio broadcast, I think both myself and my partner for that day, Jimmy Ordno, we were just hoping to see uh, the energy sustained and not go down a little bit. And after it was a gut punch of a second quarter, and then you add in everything on top of the, the situation that this team is in right now and is still maneuvering through to this minute, uh, it would be natural to just say we're done and we're going to go home now or we're going to go to Birmingham. It, uh, those guys haven't been home yet. And so um, it would have been natural to say, you know what, this game's over. And they not only didn't do that, they they were the better team in the second half. It wasn't even close. And so I think it showed them what we've been hearing a lot around this program heading into the year, and that they can play with anybody. They're as deep as anybody. They're as deep as the team's been in years. I remember talking to you a few weeks ago yeah. how excited Willie Fritz was about the depth and the talent that he has to work with. Well, that you saw it on display Saturday because, you know, other two-lane teams in years past, they would not have made the charge that this group did on Saturday. And then you add in just the mental fortitude of what they've had to manage since two Saturdays ago when the storm came. Uh, it was as impressive of, of an outing as I've seen, even in a loss. And, and make no mistake, they walked out of that saying, you know, we, the, you know, Tulane fumbled three times in a row in the second quarter, and that led to Oklahoma points. It led to field goals that allowed them to cushion the lead. And if they clean those up, they, they win that game. Like that, they, they were the, the, the majority of that day the better team, and it wasn't that close. And so they they walked out saying. You know, we should have won. Like, we, we should have absolutely beaten that number two team in the country on the road. And we have mistakes that we know we can clean up. And I think that bodes extremely well for just what this team is capable of doing. And, and yeah, maybe surprising some folks in this league. Michael Pratt, 27 of 44, 296 yards, three touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown. And he got praise. Now I wish I had it in front of me. Was it Trey Young? Who was the uh, the pro athlete that was tweeting about Michael Pratt on uh, Saturday? Did you see that, Corey? Yeah, Trey Young did. Uh, Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew did. <laughs> Badger. He was getting a lot of attention nationally. Tina Kimes did from ESPN. Yeah. It was on an ABC game. 
Um, the charge that they made in the second half certainly turned some heads, and he was certainly the spearhead of it. Yeah, he, he was awesome, and we, we kind of knew about him going into this year, but you're right, Corey, you referenced it a moment ago during our summer chat. You were basing it off of what the coaches and maybe fans, maybe locals were saying that this team is not going to be just frisky this year. They're going to be a contender to to try to get up there with Cincinnati and UCF. And look, it's only been one week. They put together an inspired performance. They're going to have to get up for, for every game like that. Maybe not week two against Morgan State, but they uh, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of time for Tulane to feel good about themselves because they're going to win week two, Corey, and then uh, have another opportunity to – to uh, to maybe pull off a, a high profile win uh, when they uh, take on Ole Miss on the road eight o'clock on ESPN two week three. So I know Coach Glore, you don't want to look ahead, but they'll uh, hopefully put together a good performance here, and and that'll be a, a game to watch with uh, that high powered Ole Miss offense week three. Sure, and the team that I saw last week and the team I, I believe I'm going to be seeing here Saturday in Birmingham, that team beats Ole Miss. Like, I mean, that they played that well against Oklahoma on the road. And so if they're able to put that together again, and, and Cliff, you know, they, they put up 35 against that Oklahoma defense, which gave up 21 a game last year. It's, it's so much better, that defense. And they put up 35 against them, and that was without their two lead receivers catching the ball. And so they were able to do that without really going with their full complement of weapons. And so they feel if they can get Deuce Watts and Jaquan Jackson more involved in the game, then this offense becomes extremely hard to figure out how to stop because Oklahoma, by and large, could not figure out how to stop it. And the two biggest threats were not a part of the proceeding. So the group that I saw in Norman is a team that beats Ole Miss and is a team that does knock on the door in this league the top four in the league it's a brutal schedule but you know it's hard not to come out of week one and say okay like there, there's a lot more that they can do here Corey glore joining us Corey. there are important things happening uh in the world of college football college athletics i am somewhat ignoring those but really i just don't care to to talk about the realignment especially if east carolina is left out in those discussions uh, how much, Corey, are you, uh, uh, you know, focusing on that? How much is Tulane talking about it? With the, it looks like them being left out of the Big Twelve, American, you know, all those discussions going on. You know, it hasn't gotten much talk here in Birmingham since the news came out uh, late last week. I guess that it looked as though Cincy and Houston and UCF were going to jump, and now it looks like it's going to happen. So it hasn't gotten a lot of discussion here because, frankly, there, there's a lot on everyone's plate right now here with Tulane and figuring out when we can go home. And, you know, if it's not for a while, well, we got events we got to host. And so um, it's it's been chaotic, but it's been managed really well. You know, I, yeah, I, I it's, a, it's a shame that I think this seems to be happening. I, I get it for Houston. I get it in some respect for Cincinnati. I don't for the life of me get it for UCF, but if they were going to go make this jump, then, then that's that. And, you know, they were in a pretty good spot um, when it came to a case that they could make here if, if someone came a calling, but I also think they, they just feel good about where they are as a department right now, regardless of alignment. And and so if they're still sitting here in the American and whatever that might look like here this time next year, 
um, then so be it. But uh, you know, over the last two weeks, there have been a, a lot of things that this university, this athletic department, has had to maneuver through and still are maneuvering through. And yeah. you know, the, the upper brass and some of the you know other leagues were staying right across the street from the SEC office here at Birmingham. Um, if they were aware of what's going on here and just what this Tulane Athletic Department was pulling off by by keeping this all afloat right now, despite the fact we're six hours away from home, then um, they would be pretty impressed and maybe a call would have been coming their way. But uh, they, they're pretty dead set on, on who they got, and Tulane will go about their business and move forward from here. Corey Lord joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Corey, uh, while we got you here, we did not do our uh, our Friday football fan free view this year. We talked to a couple of fans of teams, but let's get a uh, a Bears outlook. When do they go to uh, to Justin Fields? And do, are you are you confident at all that Andy Dalton could could you know lead this team to a potential wild card berth in twenty twenty one? That's just not a. That's just such a foolish question, Clip. <laughs> uh, Andy Dalton is great at making the wild card and losing. Uh, they will not go to Justin Fields soon enough. Um, they will, however long it takes them, will have they'll have waited too long, and they will be uh, um, they will they will be the Bears. They will be under achieving, underwhelming. They will you will see them on primetime television. Like I even think this weekend they got Sunday night football under their belt. Um, and you're going to watch them, and you're going to hate to watch them. It's an unpleasant group to watch. <laughs> I have said that. That is a uh, not a great look for the NFL to throw that one out on Sunday night, week one. Not a fan of that game. It's the Bears and the Rams, I yeah. believe. And goodness gracious, why in the world would you want to tune into that if you were a casual observer? So, uh, no, I mean, I, I wish them all the best. I mean, they can't finish 8-8 <laughs> eight eight this year, so there's a nice little feather in their cap. That's right. Can't go 8-8 eight eight with a 17-game schedule. Uh, Corey, in better news, the Brewers are 33, 31 games over five hundred. How will they blow it in the playoffs? Oh, I, I mean, they continue to uh, uh, surprise me, and uh, I'm in a slightly same spot with them as I, as I was with the Bucks earlier on this calendar year, where it's, all right, show it to me now when we get to the postseason, and there's less margin for error in baseball's postseason. I just that their consistency offensively is worrisome, but they have maybe the best top-to-bottom pitching staff, starters, and relievers in the National League. And so ideally that will be able to get them a few wins, but they're going to see um, some incredibly powerful lineups that I don't know if they can match toe-for-toe in a long postseason series. But they, um, they're they certainly giving Milwaukee uh, quite a sports year, I'll say that. That, uh, indeed, Corey Gore, uh, Glore, still living large after a uh, what the Bucks were able to do. And, Corey, I miss talking sports with you, buddy. So uh, thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Have a, uh, a great call this weekend. What do you know about Morgan State? Uh, well, they didn't play a season last year, and so it's actually a little bit tricky to scout for them because all we really have to work with is their week one loss to Towson. So... Um, which they struggled mightily in. And uh, outside of that, uh, this, this team is, is banking on them running similar things to what they did two years ago in 2019 when their coach Tyrone Wheatley took over for uh, his first year. But um, a team that I think is also sorting out a lot because they have a lot of new players and they didn't play a season last year. So it, it's a pretty fascinating test because you just don't know what you're going to get from this group. So I think if Tulane's able to 
Sprinkler has handled their own business and make this game about them and what they need to execute better than what they did week one in Norman, then they're going to walk out with a win. Corey, good stuff, man. Glad to hear you are doing well. Hopefully you'll uh, be able to get back in New Orleans sometime soon and uh, try to return to some normalcy there. But thank you for a few minutes of your time today. And uh, we're still Corey Glore fans here in Greenville, North Carolina. Well, not all of us, but I would say the majority of us are. Oh, not everyone was to start. Just imagine that numbers dropped here with my with my current job. And <laughs> what I'll be seeing uh, seeing all y'all in about a month here. That's uh, right. Opening weekend of conference play. Looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be welcoming Corey back to Greenville. Thank you, Corey. Have a good one, bud. Thanks, Cliff. There is Corey Glore, the play-by-play voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Good to hear his voice back on Pirate Radio. And uh, he's right. We will uh, be reaching out to Corey again uh, around a month from now to preview East Carolina and Tulane. And uh, I was on a Zoom, a a video earlier today with Gamecock Central, the uh, rival site. And they, they talked about the importance of this game this week. And I thought about it. And next week... It's looking like an L to me at Marshall. I was talking to a Pirate fan last night, and they were like, I don't care what kind of team we have. Just any time we go to Huntington, I freak out, and it don't feel good. And I got that same feeling uh, about yeah. that game next week. Then you got an FCS game uh, that you should win. But then you open up conference play with Tulane, who uh, has been a thorn in the Pirate side over year in the years past. And if you watch them week one, you're probably a little nervous, uh, more nervous about that game than you were previously. That makes this week pretty crucial, I think, to get to one and one, and you feel like at worst you could be at two and two if you win this weekend. Once you get to that two lane game uh, coming up, but it kind of just magnifies how important this weekend is, I think, because you can't. I don't know, man. You just can't afford a, an zero and three start, Chandler. So that makes this uh, the South Carolina game important. Yeah, and I, I think that's one reason why that App State game was very important too, and trying to get to one and zero, but. You know, you have to go week by week, and being 0-1 is tough. But, yeah, I, this South Carolina game is, is huge. But the advantage is is that we were back home in Dowdy-Ficklin Stadium in a, in a hopefully a packed crowd. Uh, this is a, a fan base that hasn't been able to come to, to Greenville and, and, and experience an East Carolina game uh, for two years now. So it really um, would love to see the fans get into the stands and really be that 12th man on Saturday. And I think uh, when it comes from off-the-field advantages, I think it's going to come into the stands and the Pirate fans showing up on Saturday and being loud on third downs and stuff like that. So, yeah, we got to get this win to go to one-and-one one because next week in Huntington, I remember those CUSA days, uh, and it seemed like every year we would play Marshall at, toward the end of the year, and it would count – maybe towards that division title or something like that. And it was always tough going down there. And, uh, yeah, and it's not going to change next week. But we got to get through this week, and uh, I'm just glad we're at home. No doubt. And looking forward to seeing uh, the purple and gold in the stands at Dottie Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Let's get a break in. We'll come back when we return. The BMOC, Jeff Nadeau, will get his take on Bugs Cowboys, Panthers Jets, football team Chargers, and the rest of week one of the NFL when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Take advantage of the week-long carryout deal of all three topping pizzas. For only $7.99, order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. For those watching on Facebook or on YouTube, you may have seen Mike Mullis make an appearance in the studio briefly during the Corey Glore segment. A little behind the scenes, I texted Mully earlier today and said, Hey, Mully, uh, you good for a segment tomorrow at 3.30? And he said, Sure. And then he showed up today at 3.30, and I broke the news to him that I texted tomorrow, and he left immediately. So, love you, Molly. Thanks, but we may not be hearing from Molly this week because he's unavailable on Friday. That's why you need to call him first. Call him first. He needs to be the first guest we have every week, Mike Mullis. If you have a, Book him first. a problem that needs to be fixed, Call Fixed NC, 999-0001, the uh, proud sponsor of our live line, which will be rocking and rolling one way or the other Saturday afternoon. We had uh, we were packed for the Gosh. first, like, two, two and a half hours. Crazy. After the game uh, on Thursday night last week. So we appreciate you uh, folks chiming in, and we'll be with you after every game on the fifth quarter this season, including Saturday afternoon. Uh, uh, Mike on Facebook Live says, Steve Logan always says the crowds in Greenville go away after the start of hunting season. Bow season starts Saturday. Hopefully that's changed. I feel like we have a million reasons why you you don't go to games. Kickoff's too early. Kickoff's too late. It's too hot. It's too cold. Bow season's going on. Got to go to the beach. Uh, yeah, you could kind of get the last beach trip in. Yeah, come up with a million reasons not to go, but you know, here's here's a reason or two to go to the game. Uh, it's the first game you've been able to attend in a long time. It'll be fun to 651 watch. Six hundred and fifty-one days, to be exact. But who's counting? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's against a, an SEC opponent, which we never get into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and the way college football is trending may never happen again. <laughs> the way these schedules are set up i mean this could be it for an sec opponent at dowdy ficklin stadium when you think about it uh and a, an opportunity to root on the pirates to get that win number one uh which could lead to a very good 2021 season in year three of mike houston so there's a few reasons to go on saturday uh all right we will talk a lot more east south carolina at four o'clock let's wrap up the hour with the big man on campus jeff nadu and talk some nfl uh as we'll talk uh we'll talk college football with them saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate but focus on tonight and sunday with the big man right now jeff how you doing today jeff are you there uh shirley's hooking up with him on the phone so give us one second as we'll get uh jeff nadu in cowboys bucks tonight by the way on pirate radio uh you can hear it right here live and we have a triple header coming up this sunday on pirate radio i'm ready to hear what he has to say about the panthers jets and i mean that that uh that line trending down it's a weird game uh darnold in his first game as uh 
Panthers quarterback. You did get to see him at the end of the preseason, right, Chandler? So yeah, you got to see him work with his old buddy Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I think Anderson had a touchdown, but DJ Moore got involved too. Yeah, in that game, DJ's looking good. So uh, yeah, and ready to see him in regular season action now. So all right, we got big man. Let's go out to the Fixed NC Live line now and talk to Jeff Nadeau. Jeff, how you doing today? Doing great, Clip. How are you? Very exciting times. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll jump into it. We talked college football with Jeff earlier in the week. We'll uh, have him on the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up on Saturday morning. I think around 930. We'll uh, talk to the BMOC and talk about the slate of college games. But let's talk NFL, Jeff, and let's start with tonight, the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott back uh we'll be able to see him for the first time in almost a year he went down early uh in the 2020 season so jeff uh what do you think about this game spread wise and total wise cowboys and bucks tonight well i think there's some things that i am worried about and and look it's the first game a lot of people are going to bet it but as you know with me i'm not going to just bet something because it's on when you look at the dallas cowboys defensively i don't think they're very good i don't need to tell anyone that but you know when you look at Dallas's offense, look, if Dak Prescott were completely healthy, he didn't have an injury last year, if Zach Martin was in there, um, I would be a little bit more interested. But I worry in this game about, obviously, Dak's health and him being fully back. Does he have enough time to throw the ball? Look, I think they're going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw it a lot. Um, their offensive line, obviously, is going to prevent them, I think, from running the ball effectively, especially against a very good defensive front. But I think if there's one knock on Tampa, it could be their pass defense. It wasn't great last year. I think they gave up almost 300 yards a game. When you're looking at Tampa offensively, they're going to move the ball. They should have no trouble scoring. The only thing I worry, I kind of worried this was like 31-17. I had a lean to the over, but I didn't play anything here. I think if this one would somehow get to like 10.5, I might grab some buyback on the Cowboys just being at – that it's too high, but um, I didn't. Um, I didn't play it. Maybe a lean to the over, just because I think Dallas can get into the twenties. But it just sucks that we're not going to get a fully back Dak. Maybe we will, but I'm not going to speculate on whether we will or not. Yeah, a number sitting at nine total in the uh, the low fifties there. So it's a uh, it's a stay away from Nadeau. Uh We've sat here and looked at these lines all summer, and there hasn't been big movement. So it's fun to see now leading up to uh, to kickoff and closer to game day these lines start to move a little bit uh pretty dramatic jump in the panthers jets line uh big man we'll talk about that one with local interest with panthers fans around here but why did that go from five five and a half to four so quickly that i'm seeing today because the number was ridiculous it should have never look the books put the number out because they have no idea where to put the carolina panthers from a betting standpoint when you put a number out at five five and a half it means that they really you know, aren't going to take this will probably be the least bet game of the weekend in my opinion I, I just don't think a lot of people are going to bet on this there'll be action on it but it's not going to be like you know chiefs or chiefs browns or cowboys bucks um i didn't understand the line to be real honest i don't know why anyone in their right mind would lay almost a touchdown with carolina ever frankly um i have a lot of question marks about them obviously they have uh mccaffrey back but he's off an injury um, this is an offense with Sam Darnold that I'm just not real interested in, to be real frank with you. Uh, defensively, I think they have some positivity. I think they could be good as the season goes on, but I'm not running to back them. And I'm actually pretty high on Zach Wilson. I think he developed a really nice rapport with some of those receivers. I like their offensive line. They're actually quite a good run defense. I think they can bottle up McCaffrey and make Darnold beat them. 
Uh, I didn't understand the line, to be real frank with you. I actually played a little five-and-a-half uh, with the Jets. I think they're better than people think they are. Jeff, I'll be the first uh, to crap on my Washington football team. I also root for them until the day I pass on. But I thought it was odd the Chargers were favorites, road favorites in that game week one. I know they're the the sexy offseason team, and for good reason. Herbert, uh, they got a new coach. But for Washington to be an underdog, I didn't understand. That has flipped uh, a couple of points, and now I see Washington as a one-point favorite. So basically a pick em, uh coming up Sunday in Landover. Uh, any thoughts on Washington and L.A. with the total uh, sitting at 44-and-a-half? Yeah, I think over the years, Clip, if, if the Chargers were better at winning close games, I think this would be maybe a bit different. But I think a lot of the, the old you know last year or two recently bias has set in, and people are saying, do I think this Chargers team is better? Yeah, but I feel like I say that every year. One thing we know about Washington, they're at home. You've been to, I think you've been to that stadium. It's a weird place to go. It's not a great home field advantage, although this week it might be the one time they have one with fans coming back. There's not going to be any Chargers fans there. Uh, it's But it's not a great home field advantage, Jeff. I, I think for me, and, and I'll just be honest in saying this, I think the Chargers are a better team than Washington. Uh, I like Washington. I've talked to you before. I, I love their defense. I think Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback than they've had in a long time there. Probably since Kirk Cousins, and you know when I look at the Chargers, I just think they're better. I like Herbert. I'm really high on their defense. I think this is probably first the 20 wins. I think this is a really defensive battle, kind of working out some kinks early on. But I got to tell you, gun to my head, I lean Chargers. Um, I, I think I can make cases for both sides. Yeah. Um, it won't be a, a game that I wager on. I guess I just lean with just to me the better team, but it should be a great game. I think it's a real chess match. Probably like. 20 to 17 24 20 something like that jeff uh we talked about my team let's talk about your favorite team now i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this why are the falcons three and a half point favorites and then again if you ask me to make a line on this game eagles falcons i don't know what i would make the line so what's your take on this number uh philly and atlanta yeah i think what what this line is telling you is that these teams are completely even you know because look and I think you're getting a little value with the Eagles because I don't think Atlanta's home field advantage is worth three points. I'm just going to say that now. Um, but I think these teams are pretty similar. In fact, you know, I think when you look at, I think there's some things the Falcons are better than the Eagles at, like the receivers and, you know, they have a slight edge at quarterback, but I think the Eagles are better than them uh, defensively. I think the Eagles have a better offensive line. Um, I think from a tight end standpoint, I, I like what Ertz and Goddard can do. So, I like the run game, obviously, for the Eagles. So there's, I think, a lot of evenness with these teams. I think the Eagles, there's a little value at three and a half. If this were two and a half, I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't have much interest. But I think the growing sentiment is Jalen Hurts is a leader. And I think in week one, you really have to tiptoe, especially along games like this, just because, you know, Jalen is great. I think there's a lot of excitement around him. But again, he's only played four games in the NFL. Um, he's got to earn some rapport, but he should be better just with their offensive line being fully healthy. They have more weapons to throw to. Um, I lean Eagles. I, I think, you know, there's some value in getting them as a dog just because I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are very good, and I don't think their home foot advantage is worth three and a half points. I think this game is more of a pick em to me than anything. Yeah. Um, so I would lean with the Eagles just on the number. I guess we're calling this segment, Why is the line the way it is? Because uh, I got another one for you. Like, why is. Why is Tennessee a three-point favorite and not like a six-point favorite at home against the Cardinals? Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I think for all you know, ultimate purposes, I think that 
the betting market's just undervalued the Titans. I don't think the the markets really maybe believe defensively in them. I think um, I understand that. I mean, they've been pretty dreadful there, but yeah, um, I guess people are just assuming that it, it's kind of one of those back and forth games. Yeah. Um, this line at three, I still think there's some value at the Cardinals because, hmm. you know, to be real honest with you, Clip, I think the team more likely to get a stop is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I think they're the fastest offense in the NFL. I would look no way towards the number in this game. To me, it'd be all about the total. Go over. Better's obviously, yeah, better's obviously, it opened 51 and a half. It's been bet up to 52 and a half. Um, this has the potential to be the highest scoring game in a weekend. I think it's first to 30, probably wins. I think the total is too low, to be honest with you. You're going to have two offenses, one of which in Tennessee that's extremely efficient in the red zone. Uh, they're very good running the football. Arizona can't stop the run. We know Arizona is going to be up and down. They could be the fastest team in the league this year. You have efficient. You have good off. I mean, Clip, remember this. They have the two best receivers in the NFL in this game with two good quarterbacks, Julio Jones DeAndre Hopkins, this is going to be terrific. And look, I mean, you can't put A.J. Brown with those names yet, but he's getting damn close. Yeah, he's, he's in there, too. you got Kyler Murray, who's electric. He can run around. I love it. I said this is my favorite game in the 1 o'clock window, Jeff. Like, no yeah. no loyalties or anything. It's got to be this one. That should be fun. And, and now, on that note, uh, the best game in the 4 o'clock window would be, it's got to be Browns Chiefs, right? Uh, can the Browns hang with Kansas City, Jeff? You know, I took a little six and a half uh, last night with Cleveland. It's now down, I think, to five and a half, as far as I know, uh, which is an interesting move down. Um, I think this is a stone cold, sharp public split. The public will be on the Chiefs, the Sharps like me, which I consider myself a Sharp, to be on the Browns. Clip, the Browns, I think, are going to win this football game. I hmm. think there's some value in the money line. I'm very high on the Cleveland Browns this year, and I know people will be skeptical. Oh, I don't want to be high on Cleveland; they never win. But there's not a lot of there's not a lot of knocks with Cleveland. If you can find me one, I'd like to hear it. Uh, they've got a great run game. They have the best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, they have a quarterback that's continuing to mature. He's got a coach behind him now. He's got one of the best duos in the NFL to throw the ball to. A good tight end group. Uh, the defense has one of the best defensive players in the NFL, Miles Garrett. They really went out and made some shrewd moves in the secondary. I really like this group. I think they will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I think throw a, throw kind of a chick in the armor to a lot of guys on uh, and girls that bet the NFL on Sunday. Public loves the Chiefs, but would it surprise anyone? Even if this is 27-24, Browns are too good to be this big of a dog. I like the Browns. I will ride with you there, Jeff. We did our uh, we did some division picks last week. I took the Browns in the AFC North, so I'm believing in them as well. Uh, kind of just ran over some games of local interest, fan interest. Uh, Jeff, what do we miss? Well, anything else you uh, you really like on Sunday or uh, Monday? Yeah, I um. Or I could just throw out more games at you. I'm enjoying the chat. Yeah, so. no, I I think you know obviously I could talk about anything. You know, I think the Colts are intriguing to be honest. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna find me betting against Russell Wilson. I it's just not a, a comfortable thing to do. I constantly you know he makes these plays that are just ridiculous, and you're like, why did I bet against this guy? Um, but with Carson Wentz coming back, which I think is interesting, I think I'm pretty high on Carson Wentz in India. I think it's a good fit. Uh, I like their defense. I like Darius Leonard a lot. I think they have a pass rush all of a sudden. Um, I think they're going to be a solid group on that end. I'm not in love with a team like Seattle on the road. I think there's a lot of hit or miss on that defense. You know, home dog with the Colts, I think it's kind of interesting, kind of intriguing. 
I don't want to take an under involving the Seahawks with the their explosive receivers and what they can do. But the Colts, if they play the way, the way they want to play, they want to run it with Taylor and all those running backs and maybe shorten the game, right, Jeff? I mean, under forty nine and a half, or am I am I looking at it wrong? Uh, in this game you're talking about, yeah, yeah. I I think um, I just don't see the Colts as that much of an explosive offense. I could see them running the football and taking the air out and trying to play defense like 12 personnel with two tight ends You're right yeah you know maybe if anything there's not gonna be a ton of throwing the ball down if carson's never been tri- particularly good at doing that i could see it i, I don't love the seahawks defense yeah i know that's why i'm a little nervous about it and they can have an 80 yard touchdown in the blink of an eye so i don't know i might i might try it a little bit but i don't know so the colts how about uh and and Let's go here. Let's go Dolphins Patriots. Uh Jones Tua, the Patriots a three point favorite at home, big man. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins are, are in for for you know, I could see get three and a half at certain books. I, I, I think the Dolphins are interesting. People are way too high on the New England Patriots. Way too high. Um let me ask you a question, Clip. Does this group have the worst skill vision players in the NFL? I might just tell you. Yeah, they do. Well, I've heard a lot about Jacoby Myers uh, from a former Wolfpack receiver. Like, what else do they have? Like, they, they loaded up on tight ends, right, with, like, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. What else do they have on the outside there for Jones? I mean, they also have an offensive line that I'm not in love with. I don't have – I mean, I guess Damian Harris is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback. You have a defense that, you know, is good. But, I mean, they have some injuries back there. Uh, their starting quarterback, Jalen Mills, may not play, former Eagle. Um, and look, they never had a ton of great skill guys other than the Moss year, but Tom Brady. they had Tom Brady and they had, you know, some defensive Hall of Famers over there on the other side. So it almost looks like they're trying to build it that way, Jeff, but they don't have Tom Brady. So it's a big difference. Right. And again, Clip, I think we have to remember if you can find me proof. That Bill Belichick is a good coach without Tom Brady, I'd like to see it. <laughs> well, Do you have any? I, I mean, I, I don't have those papers in front of me at the moment. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> well, they don't exist. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, again, and I'll tell you another thing. Uh, this Dolphin group, really well coached. I love this Flores. I like Flores. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, he's just great. I, I, I like what they have down there. I think they're a pretty – uh, kind of bettable defense all of a sudden. I like their skill position players a lot more than I like, um, you know, even with like Devontae Parker and, you know, Jacecki and, and, you know, Gaskin. I, I like some of these guys. I like Tua, obviously, um, a little more than I like Mac Jones at this point. So, yeah, uh, Patriots, I think, are, are, are a glitzy bet, but I don't, I don't quite understand. When I say I could talk about the NFL and preview games for three hours, I mean it. Uh, but unfortunately, we are out of time. Jeff, uh, more uh, more conversation with you. You can go over to patreon.com slash BMOC. Follow Jeff Nadu on Twitter. Uh, he answers questions there. He'll throw some stuff out on Twitter. And he joins us here on Pirate Radio Live and the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Big man, this is awesome. Football is here. I couldn't be happier. And uh, we'll keep the chats going with you. We'll talk to you uh, Saturday morning before ECU South Carolina. Look forward to it. I can't wait. Thanks, Cliff. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. He'll join us again Saturday as we'll talk Pirates, Gamecocks, and more college football leading you up to the noon kickoff on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. When we return, Ronnie Woodward joins us inside the Pirate Radio studios. He came bearing gifts. We'll talk about that. 
Get his thoughts on what happened Thursday night last week at Bank of America Stadium and what will happen Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium when the Pirates take on the Gamecocks. It's all ahead on our Bud Light ECU report when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, hour two of Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. A couple days away from the Pirates and Gamecocks going at it at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. A few hours away from the NFL season opener. We've got Cowboys and Bucks coming up tonight right here on pirate radio to kick off the 2021 nfl season and good grief the news just can continues to get worse for the ravens as they've already had uh jk dobbins go down with the season ending injury justice hill went down with an injury and now the news today ian rapaport tweeted out that they cut practice early after marcus peters cornerback and running back gus edwards go down with potential season-ending injuries and now we're watching cbs sports hq and it's saying ravens running back gus edwards likely has a torn acl and they're saying the same thing for marcus peters which are season-ending injuries and this is just uh boy it's crazy did you say it happened on back-to-back plays yeah in practice today so down goes gus edwards and they're like man this is not good. Next play, down goes Marcus Peters. And they're like, you know what? Practice is over. Yeah, they stopped practicing. So uh, they play, what, Monday night against the Raiders, I believe. But it has been uh, really tough for Ravens running backs before we can even uh, begin week one. All right, Ronnie Woodward is here. Ronnie, thank you so much for bringing a gift to us inside the Pirate Radio Studios today. An official Duke's Mayo Classic 2021 bottle, uh, jug, jar. 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 This plastic, is called a jar. Plastic jug. jar. <laughs> Thank you for bottle. bringing a jar of Duke's Mayo, and it has Appalachian State's logo and East Carolina's logo and Duke's Mayo Classic 2021. This is something we will cherish forever here in the pirate radio studios we took a great team picture with it shirley chandler and myself and uh we'll have this forever and uh thank you for bringing that back ronnie yeah that's my media gift there's one jar of mail on each seat and i was like i don't like mayonnaise and <laughs> uh you wanted it i, I did mean, it's pretty sweet like if you're an app state fan yeah and you won the game it's pretty cool they have the logo it's custom made for each team I like that. Yeah. It's did not, you happen to get a Clemson Georgia one that you could give me as well? <laughs> that would have been cool. I should have found the box. I would have kept that. <laughs> you would have got that one. I would have kept it. So, uh, man, I got to say, I said this on the pregame last Thursday. I'm not, 
you know dying to go to live sporting events like i was at a younger age but seeing the atmosphere outside of bank of america stadium maybe more that than the actual game itself although i think the cameras did a good job to show the pack sections and maybe if there were non-packed sections of that stadium they didn't show them on tv the lower bowl was full but like just the top was empty pack the jungle had some good videos on uh twitter before the game and it might have been even a photo that ronnie posted we kept referencing but like that looked like a lot of fun and maybe it's because we hadn't had that in so long but just being a part of that atmosphere how cool was that ronnie to have that again yeah i kind of got that feeling when i was driving thursday you know just kind of um my fault um what was i saying uh you were driving on thursday i was driving thursday to charlotte i was traffic was good 10 and 2 traffic report was yep was good and but i got that feeling too because it was the first week even though it wasn't a home game you could just kind of feel um the excitement and football being back and all that and yeah as we talked on the pregame show uh, a week ago the the scene outside the stadium at some of the restaurants and the whole downtown area was was rowdy um so yeah that felt cool and i, I think i always i feel like the first ecu home game especially if it's a big game like this with a good you know power five opponent um you kind of get that feeling too when you drive around town you can kind of sense it a little bit i think it picks up tomorrow and then saturday morning it definitely is well you can definitely do it here because we look outside and see the yeah. ube parking lot and man that thing's going to be packed for the next three days yeah um uh, people coming in today. and out yeah but yeah i'm with you i felt it as i was getting close to charlotte and knowing okay i got a game to cover tonight and the adrenaline of like i'm gonna get home at 1 a.m and and all that and it's pretty true when you watch that game live at bank of america stadium did you feel like i mean there's really two sides to it ecu had two touchdowns called back a big ailers run called back they could have been right there in that game there's also the point that ecu kind of raised the white flag in the fourth quarter and app state took the air out of the ball they could have scored more if they wanted to so did you feel like ecu was outmatched watching that game or did you feel like they you know were a couple plays away from making it a game winning the game um i feel like as this week has progressed we've learned some more about it seems like right after the game mike houston said that app state did some different things on defense they weren't expecting and then tyler sneed told us that on monday yep actually um and yesterday uh donnie kirkpatrick said the same type of thing basically they blitzed in classic like donnie fashion he kind of said well the way to beat us is to blitz is like the, the the short version of what he said but um but yeah that they blitz and did some different things that really disrupted ecu that they weren't expecting so some of it i think was sounds like from the coaches and players was scheme that app state did some different things and donnie said he talked to some of the app state coaches and they said yeah this is what we saw and what we kind of planned to do and it worked so some of it i think is game plan and scheme and that app state kind of hit on their keys um but the other side honestly is the the I don't know, talent you know whatever production um i wrote about it earlier in the week thomas hennigan looked in like the best receiver on the field yeah um not cj johnson not tyler sneed uh not even his own you know the, that guy was the best receiver um you look at the numbers you look at the way it played out he was the best guy um chase bryce was the best quarterback you look at the numbers you look at the way he played you know some of that was um yeah the players outperformed in certain groups and certainly in the trenches uh 
you know, App State got after the quarterback and, and they did a better job protecting. So a lot of that's tied to each other. But um, yeah, App State, I just think played really well. And, and ECU, yeah, didn't play well in, in certain aspects, and, and that was costly. Ronnie, uh, what was the. Uh, <laughs> I guess Mike Houston had a uh, pretty serious tone following yesterday's practice. He did. Kind of gone from a. Uh, a confidence and belief in his team to uh all right we got to get things straight pretty quickly here um and look looking at the schedule at marshall is going to be tough pirates should be able to beat charleston southern the following week but they open up the conference slate at Tulane. like this thing could get away pretty quick yeah. if you don't get a handle on it now um what was the reason for the serious tone you think yesterday from him after a uh, wednesday practice yeah i mean being out there at practice at the beginning part um there wasn't a ton of energy i thought and it's tough because we only get to see the very beginning so basically warming up um it, it, you know just the, the little portion we saw and then we kind of learned again through interviews and whatnot at the end that there was some type of not incident but something at the end where maybe some of the players thought practice was over donnie kirkpatrick said but it wasn't you know with the field goal special teams what do they do kind of at the end so i don't think i think mike houston being short and kind of mad to some extent stemmed from that the end of practice that it, just, it wasn't crisp you know some guys were i don't know if it's loafing or thought it was over or walked off the feet, you know whatever it was something happened that it wasn't crisp in the way that that they wanted to be the coaching staff wanted it to be so that yeah kind of stemmed over you could tell obviously by body language that that, that you know kind of poured into the, the media session and uh, first time I think Mike Houston, at least recently, usually he gives an opening statement and says, "Hey guys, yeah. you know, practice went like this, or whatever." And questions. He just walked up and he stared and he goes, "Questions." I think we got it, Shirley. Do you have Mike Houston part one uh, ready to go? Let's hear that. This he he only talked five plus minutes, and I think I split it in half here. Basically, let's hear part one of Mike Houston from Wednesday. Questions. Have the guys bounced back uh, the last two days of practice? Thought they practiced hard. Got a lot, got a lot to improve on. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to prove to a lot of people. Because you were spirited there at the end of practice, things kind of got loud. Yeah, it's it's a there's an urgency about it now. I mean, you don't think you play you, you play for wins and losses. We ain't just going out there just to play. So you got to take it serious. Every rep counts. The South Carolina rushing game presents problems. For a lot of people this year, it's going to present yep. problems for everybody. What's the remedy um, in terms of trying to at least neutralize them a little bit? Well, we got to win up front. We've got to do a better job of controlling our gaps. We've got to do a great job tackling. I mean, Harris is a dang good back. Those other, those other kids are good too now. I mean, those other kids had big nights the other night without him. So, I mean, it's, there's a reason they're playing in the SEC. Where are you at kind of going on that with the South Carolina quarterback situation? Do you- Prepare for both guys, or how are you just kind of handle that? We'll be ready for whoever they put out there. I imagine it's a pretty big game for Rajay. I mean, just growing up as a South Carolina kid, do you have to talk to him at all, or do you just kind of let him go at a game like this? Nah, he, he knows the deal. I mean, he, knew, he exactly knows the deal. I mean, so that's the great thing about games like this, you know. So what's your game plan to get him more involved? Well, I mean, he's our one of our – starting tailbacks so you know we plan to give him the ball you know i think he had 13 13 touches the other night and we want to get him more than that can you give us a little bit of a review of how things went today physical 
good effort, competitive. What is the guys' mentality going into finishing up this practice and going into the game Saturday? Well, it's a 12 o'clock kickoff, so you know the, the heavy lifting is done. I mean, we've got to have a sharp practice tomorrow, and they got to do a good job taking care of their bodies. You know, we haven't went quite as long. Um, you know, the last couple of afternoons, you know, a period or so shorter, uh, but they've got to do a great job taking care of their bodies. You know, make sure they do a good job of their nutrition and hydration, get a good night's sleep, because uh, 12 o'clock is going to come quick. So, you know, the, 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 the mental preparation for the kind of game we got to play is important. And then, you know, physically getting our bodies ready to go because we're going to have to play like our freaking hair is on fire. What would you rather play, a 12 noon game or a 7 p.m.? They don't really care what I think. Yeah, they, they pick whatever. I'd rather play a little bit later in the afternoon like the rest of our fan base, but they don't ask us. So There's Mike Houston from uh, Wednesday's post-practice as he was uh, asked questions and answered them quickly Yep, and physically, Ronnie. And uh, you were trying to, to ask about the quarterback, and I mean – to i mean mike houston said you know he, yeah. shane beamer said on uh what sunday that he's not going to announce a starter yeah so mike houston says whatever he can't control that he's going to try to prepare for both you uh have been trying to dissect this from both angles ronnie i saw you tweeted them we referenced it on pirate radio live earlier this week i guess the south carolina offensive coordinator I feel like this really tips the hand where he says, quote, this week we've really pushed him, being Luke Doty, more of 100% reps uh, to see what he can do and make sure his foot is where it needs to be. I'm anxious to see when we get to game time if he'll be ready to go or not, but he looked good today, end quote. That was a couple of days ago yeah. or yesterday. I mean, if they're giving him 100% of reps to practice, uh, it looks yeah. like he's going to be the guy on Saturday, I would think. And it's funny, too. I was actually uh, texting with my uncle about this the other day. He used to cover South Carolina for years. And um, the coordinators, and that's why it was interesting that I wanted to watch that video. Um, The coordinators really tell what's going on with personnel a lot of times more than the the head coaches. You can get a vibe, I think, with them. Um, So I think that's important that it came from the offensive coordinator because Shane Beamer is going to do what a head coach is supposed to do and go up there and say, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to say anything. But sometimes the coordinator is certainly here with... Even by accident. Yeah, like you can ask them a question and ask the head coach the same question. You're going to get a different or maybe sometimes more little nuggets if you kind of know how to to pick it out from the coordinator. Mike Houston talked for five minutes yesterday. Donnie talked for 20, literally. That is not hyperbole. That is the fact on Um, what happened. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's telling. It sounds like, and I listened to, to Beamer, too, to be fair, and he said he was pretty honest and said the key with Doty, who played receiver part of last year, so he's definitely an athletic guy, is whether he can run or not. They need to be able to trust him to run. It sounds like if he can't run. He's not that he's valuable not a, to him. Yeah, yeah. that the, they don't want him out there being a, a pocket passer. Sounds like the old RG3 thing. Like, yeah if uh um, if he can't run then why why put him at quarterback yeah so so that seemed so that, i guess that's what he means by we're giving him all these reps to test his foot yeah to see how it holds up you know so they have been i feel like you know somewhat transparent in this and and that's what it comes down to is can he run or not it sounds like if he can he's he's gonna play i, I gotta think he's gonna play unless he yeah just physically they they don't trust him 
Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll continue on our Bud Light ECU report. We'll try to hit some uh, some Donny K, maybe some Blake Harrell, but more on ECU and South Carolina with Ronnie Woodward. If you have a question or comment, you can drop it on Facebook, Twitter, or give us a call. We're live, 317-1250. You can do that as well. More to go on Pirate Radio Live when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Brown and Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in Eastern North Carolina for over 83 years. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, Clip Brock, Ronnie Woodward here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming up at 5 o'clock, Troy D will be alongside. We'll talk to Rick Smith for the first time this football season, get his thoughts on what he saw against Appalachian State and coming up against South Carolina. And Ronnie, I was... uh, I still think uh, the defense takes uh, another step in 2021. We didn't really see that against App State. They had the, the stop to start the third quarter, I thought could have been big, especially if that Hail Mary would have stood. Because if that would have happened and you got that stop, you had a chance to tie the game at that point. So at times the defense stood tall. They, they held them to field goals instead of touchdowns at times. But too many run lanes, too many receivers running open for Chase Bryce to hit. And Kevin Monroe, whose opinion uh, I respect, uh, watched it live and did not rewatch it uh, before he joined us on Friday. But he said from the naked eye, what he saw, it was more linebackers than D-line, the issue in the run game, where guys weren't coming up and making plays and filling the proper lanes and things like that. I don't know. What, what did you notice from ECU getting gashed on the run Thursday night? Uh from your perspective yeah i think a lot of it was just not getting off blocks um and maybe that lines up with yeah not being in the right spots like i don't think there was a ton of missed tackles um you know just off the top of my head i don't think there's a lot of times where they got to the spot and missed the play um you know i'm sure there's some of that in a football game obviously but yeah blake harrell yesterday defensive coordinator talked about that a lot of they played to lateral of going side to side and getting caught up caught up in blocks and schemes and not getting through blocks and making a play so i think that was it uh, and some of that i guess probably is linebackers because they don't have somebody immediately alignment in front of them you know they're supposed to roam and get to the ball um so maybe they didn't get at the ball quick enough but um yeah app state ends up with two 100 yard rushers and that's not the way you draw it up when you're trying to stop the run. Uh, you know, and this week again, Miles Berry was really good on Tuesday with us uh, during the media session and said, yeah, we got to stop the run. We know it's it's a big point emphasis. And then I asked him, well, that was kind of the deal last week, too, and what happened. And he said, you know, same thing. You got to get a push. You got to get in the backfield. You got to create third and long. You know, if you, you run the ball in first and 10, you get four or five yards second five then it's third and short you know that that seems like that's the key is 
getting some negative plays. And man, we were burned on some of those, Chandler, yeah. weren't we? There weren't was we? a third and long. The touchdown had. pass, maybe, or they had a big play. It was a first down for a big play. Yeah. And talk about like the third and thirteen. Yeah. yeah. They got it was a like third and nine, I want to say. Somewhere in there. Yeah. It just seemed so. like the cornerbacks had a lot of cushion on those receivers, especially on those third and long situations. Um but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Got to clean that up for this Saturday, Ronnie. I thought about you when I saw this. This was a tweet. Uh, uh, yeah. Like what's uh, what's important to people that watch the news and watch local stations? Uh, this is News Two down in South Carolina. News Two announces program change for Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy on Thursday. Um, because oh, of the NFL, NFL kickoff season opener. Uh, the popular game shows will not air on News 2. Instead, you can watch them on our sister channel, Low Country CW. So I don't know how, if this Probably will affect us here in, uh, in eastern North Carolina, but Ronnie, as a avid Jeopardy, Jeopardy watcher, I want you to be aware tonight. Well, the thing- good news is Jeopardy's between seasons. Uh, so, so there's, there's no reruns. like new ebbs. Yeah, there's reruns right so now. So is that why there's no college football tonight? Because of the <laughs> opening kickoff? Jeopardy? uh no i saw that too chandler i looked at the thursday schedule and saw no games and i guess open tonight they don't want to go against the nfl i guess uh, so how many games is there in nfl two no just one just one Uh, they used to do on opening night like the late chargers well that's monday night you're thinking monday night Uh, but they this week they are not nope it's just the the ravens and the raiders i uh i like the nfl monday night doubleheader it starts at what five it starts yeah, a that, little earlier, yeah. And the second game was always the B team announcer squad, yeah. And it was like one oh. thirty a.m. I'm excited about the Mannings. Uh, I watched an interview yesterday with Eli and Peyton Manning, and that seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. They're Those, doing a watch along type thing on ESPN two. It's going to be like at a bar, which tonight? is going to take Monday. for Monday, Monday night, okay. which is going to take away a lot of ESPN's audience, I think, and put yeah. it on ESPN two, which is all the same. But uh, I think a lot of people will tune into that, myself included, yeah, on Monday night. Too. All right, uh, let's see. Back to this one, Ronnie. Um, Sneed Johnson, four catches apiece. Uh, Sneed, 27 yards, not enough. That was a, a major positive I took out of that game. It's something I wanted to see for years, and that's getting the running backs involved in the passing game. Definitely. Now, can we do that and have Sneed and CJ have big games too? Because that could lead to wins. I didn't want one or the other. I wanted uh, both to happen, but uh, impressed with Rajay and Keaton obviously catching the ball, and he had the long catch and run, but got to get more to our, our playmakers on offense uh, this Saturday. Definitely. The, uh, I tweeted it out as soon as it happened, but the Keaton Mitchell touchdown was literally – like Skip Holtz must have left a playbook sheet somewhere in the ECU football offices from like – 2000 whatever that would be four or five somewhere in there it was the play in the Hawaii Bowl where greg yeah. hudson points to the end zone it was. i had flashbacks like that. southern miss i mean every game they ran that play with chris johnson like 12 times that game in memphis where he had like <laughs> 300 total yards yeah. or whatever and it would work half the time so yeah. like a handful of times you got chris johnson to break free and a lot of times it was a 60 yard touchdown um or he would get 10 20 yards and get run out of bounds but yeah, that was, I mean, a pretty simple kind of swing pass. He had some blockers, and he just outran everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that – and I've seen it at practice, you know, scrimmages and stuff too. Roger Harris can catch the ball at the backfield. He did it in games last year. Um, so, yeah, you know, screen passes can work too, especially if you're getting blitzed a lot. 
um, how do you offset that is you you dump screen passes. Yeah. Um, those can be dangerous, too, because ECU, to its credit, tried it against App State a few times, and there was so much rush. There was just too many people there where I feel like Holton just did, couldn't find the, the running back to throw it to or the throw was off or whatever. But um, there's some execution that has to be involved in screen passes, screen passes to really work. Um, but that's a, a deal that they're definitely, you know, I think should use and will use and swing passes. And I wouldn't mind seeing Keaton in like the slot, yeah, you know, and do the little like jet sweep, toss, shuffle pass type thing. Like any of those things I think can work because I'm with you. I'm I'm leaning it more and more that those are your two best playmakers. Um, Mitchell, and Mitchell and Harris. Harris. Maybe Mitchell and Sneed yeah. from like the big play aspect, but – I think Keaton Mitchell, he showed, you know, and whatever that website was, he was the fastest player yeah. week one in college football. I mean, it, you get him in space. I mean, he is Chris Johnson. I hate to, like, say that, but that's literally what turned around the ECU program in that era was Chris Johnson and the defense, well, the offensive staff. No, them realizing. And like, a stacked defensive line. But yeah, maybe turn around the offense. It did. Like, area. they realized, like, all right, we're going to just get him the ball. Like, and they just, he was just a workhorse for his senior year and his junior year of like, whatever it is, screen pass, sweep, run, like put him in the slot. They just got him the ball however many ways they could. Well, on those teams, we had a guy and it was CJ and then it went to Dwayne. Yeah. And then it went to Jones and Hardy. I guess Hardy Hardy and Jones, but But they're different players. That was different. But Dwayne and CJ were really like, they're our best player. Yep. Let's find a trillion different ways to get him the ball. Punt return. Maybe we'd have to do that with Keaton Mitchell in 2021. I think it it could be trending that way. I mean, that's just me, but I think he's your most explosive player to hit some big plays, to take some pressure off the defense, to not have to string together like 15 play drives to score. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops because obviously that was really the best thing that worked week one. One of the only things that worked was getting him on that pass and, and letting him go. Ronnie Woodward joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We'll talk to Ronnie at 9 a.m. coming up Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Chandler, uh, can you take us to break? We need to get another break in. We'll come back and have uh, more with Ronnie Woodward. We'll get his thoughts on what South Carolina has to offer and do we even know? I feel like play for both of these teams still unknowns and still this is huge south carolina doesn't have a lot of easy w's or w's at all remaining on the schedule and we're looking at ecu's path here coming up with at marshall two weeks after that it's Tulane, and i didn't even look after that but it's at ucf at ucf and then at houston this is a huge game for the pirates to put a w on the resume with some really tough games coming up. So, very important for both teams coming up this Saturday. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about that when we return. Chandler Honeycutt, great job, audio and video production. We're back with you after this. You're listening.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. You can shop online anytime at piratewear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. And speaking of UBE, Jeff Charles will be live from University Book Exchange coming up tomorrow at noon. And you can hear that uh, right here on Pirate Radio. And, of course, you can stop by UBE while he is doing the show and say hello. 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 Looking forward to that. Yeah. First one of the year. Friday at noon, we'll uh, re-air it Saturday at 7 a.m. for you early birds. Getting ready for a long tailgate on Saturday. And then tune us in at 8 o'clock for a four-hour edition like we do each and every week of the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Looking forward to that. Ronnie Woodward will join us at 9 o'clock. Coming up, Ronnie will be up early with uh, Annie anyway, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. We're, How's Annie doing? She's good. good. Started daycare this week. That was a whole game changer for working at home. But, yeah, we don't sleep much past, I don't know, something, 6.30, 7. I want to go uh, meet Annie when she starts doing cool stuff and okay. recognizing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's recognizing people now and stuff, but like when they start doing cool stuff. Yeah, she's she's probably not at the cool stuff. <laughs> she's at, like, the smiling phase. It's about the coolest ah, thing she can do. That's cute. That's and good. she can flip over a decent amount. All right doing a few tricks she's getting there but yeah we we have some work to do good deal the the whole uh motor system yeah understood understood all right ronnie uh did you thought you threw out a prediction last week didn't you uh what i think i skated around it for the most part yeah i might have said ecu wins close or something i don't don't remember i had app state winning close i have ecu winning this game and I said it on the fifth quarter right after the game that I, I expect a bounce back. I, I'm getting vibes of losing to A&T, coming back with a spirited effort, and beating North Carolina like they did a few years ago. I said that to someone last night, and they said, well, yeah, but North Carolina won like two or three games that year. Well, how many games is South Carolina going to win this year? I got them winning two or three games. I think it's a similar spot for East Carolina to come back and pick up a win at home in front of a, a pretty good crowd. So, I like the bounce back. I thought the line would be South Carolina by six, seven, something like that. When it opened ECU as a favorite, I was surprised. But honestly, it made me feel better about the Pirates' chances of winning this game. So uh, I'm I'm on the the Pirates' side. More so just kind of gut feel watching sports for 39 years, uh, these bounce back games. And I just feel like the Pirates are, are in a good spot here. They are, they are kind of desperate. I feel like too uh, to win this game coming up on uh, Saturday. So I don't know. That's my feeling. What's your uh, your gut feeling for this one? Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. I was looking at South Carolina's schedule too. I mean, their last five games: Texas A&M, Florida, Missouri, Auburn, Clemson. How about being in the SEC and having to close with Clemson every year? Um, they play Troy. Oh, Troy's a decent program. I don't yeah. think they're good this year. Or not. They play Vanderbilt. That's a dub. Yeah, Vanderbilt for sure. Vanderbilt just lost to at, 
East Tennessee State or yeah, somebody like that. Vanderbilt's the worst team in the SEC, but I think South Carolina's next to worst or next to last. But they play at Georgia next week. It's a, it's a bear. So that's the tricky thing that I'm with you when you, you look at ECU's schedule. Marshall, Charleston Southern, then you go Tulane, UCF, Houston. Um, you got to figure out a combo to win two or three of those games. Uh, whether that's Charleston Southern, South Carolina, and Tulane or Marshall, whatever Tulane, Houston, you know Charleston Southern, whatever it is. Um, but South Carolina is probably thinking the same thing. Like they're not going to beat Georgia, they're not going to beat Auburn, and Clemson, and Florida, and uh, whoever else. I said Kentucky. Um, so both teams legitimately probably think they need and and should and you know can win this game we're calling this a a a super bowl folks (laughs) this is a this is a crucial game for both of these teams it is i i agree Uh, week two of the season yeah i know but it's it's super important for both sides and with south carolina shane beamer it's his second game you know so his his leash is plenty you know plenty long and all that and i think mike houston's is as well but there's some pressure to not have a losing season. I mean, look, I said it. Uh, a South Carolina radio show interviewed me today. Of they asked, "What's what's the urgency level, or why is there pressure on ECU to win this game, or something like that?" And ECU's had six straight losing seasons. They've never had seven in school history. So this team, players, coaches, whatever, don't want to be that team that extends the longest losing streak in school history. But mm-hmm. you know, so like there's pressure to to get a winning season and not even pressure as much as desire or whatever holton aylor says it all the time we want to go to a bowl we're going to go to bowl me if that's the goal then you got to mix in some wins here in some of these games so it's yeah i I don't know i'm still i don't i still don't have a great feel on which way it's going to go i'm with you i think ecu is going to play spirited and, and better i worry about up front on both sides a little bit south carolina could have a big edge there um and does the crowd play a factor um so yeah i think those are the things i'm kind of feeling at this point ross says game two and we're already at quote this is a must win game we never quote. said must win game uh, i was careful not to say that. it's not but it's very important if you want to get the six i think yeah and and this one you better beat marshall it's, it's very important uh to keep fans engaged because as we ran through that schedule again with Marshall, you're going to beat Charleston Southern, but then Tulane, UCF, Houston. At the end of the year, the record might look okay, but you start the season with a, a swell of losses like that. People lose interest. People stop going to games. People stop caring. So it's that's why them. it's important. It's tough to keep the team, I feel like. To some, that you know, too, I, mean, it's, yeah. I feel like that was some of the downfall of – Ross said, I'm not saying y'all said that. I'm saying that. So Ross has this as a must-win game. He's owning it. Um, I feel like that was a downfall of some of the Scotty Montgomery era, not so much his first year, but after that, was starting 1-4, 1-5, 1-6. Then it's tough. I mean, look, these are 19, 20-year-old kids. Hey, go you know go all out on tuesday and wednesday and practice really hard if you got one win and you're halfway through the season that's just a tough deal for anybody so not saying that's going to happen with the ecu team this year but they need to get some wins to avoid that happening basically we're one weekend so there's time to do it absolutely um this first three again these first three games app state south carolina marshall 
you could have asked me two weeks ago, and I could have given you any combination of three and zero, zero and three, <laughs> two and one, yeah. one and two, and I still think that's the same thing. Could be two and one, could be zero and three. They're all toss up games, and the first one went the other direction. So here's the second one. Which way is this one go? And I think Marshall still is winnable. I know people have seen the Marshall Navy score and say, "Oh, you you can't get win there." But I I still I'm I'm really down on that one for some reason. (laughs) I was talking to somebody about it last night, a pirate fan, uh, after or during trivia at AJ's, and he said we could have the damn '91 team roll back in. If we go to Marshall, I'd still be nervous. And I was thinking about wasn't it a Cardin team that went there the last week of the regular season and got stomped with a chance to win the 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 East side? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was that Rakeem Cato probably and, and yeah. those guys putting up a ton of points? So Odd Bradshaw used to be the running back. He was good. He was he was really good for the Giants. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I, I if there's one to get in the next two weeks, I feel like it's this one. You think it's this one? I think so. Uh, Eric is heading into town. He says his free boot's still going on. Oh yeah, and yeah. we'll be selling our brand new Pirate Vibes only tie dye shirts at Free Boot Friday. We were rocking those game day last week and you can pick up one of those at freeboot friday so go check out uh us uh what time on friday you know? freeboot friday starts at five 30 5 thank you troy d and relief troy d. 5 30 that was good speaking of loud uh can we hear fernando fry's interview again shirley do you have that <laughs> <That's> the best <laughs> let's hear fernando fry talking to the media and that was something while going. she's pulling it up ronnie were you there asking questions when this happened i yeah but i couldn't ask a question like like steven deserves mvp because he was just firing them off and i was just standing over there like i'm not gonna ask him. fernando fry deserves mvp because yeah. he was answering the question <laughs> to his true. best ability and i would have been like i'm sorry i'm gonna have to like ask them the the malcolm gray i just stood there i was like i i it's, it's impossible to do this. Can you be quiet, please? <laughs> Thank you. That was uh, one part of Tuesday. Let's hit the other part with uh, Fernando Fry. Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Rick Flair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we left a lot I'll out never there. hear that without laughing. Uh, there's a lot of Rick Flair. I mean, we can um, let it roll just I to hear a few more Rick Flairs. We need all 11 to be on the same page. And we had too many mistakes on our part. That really was a downfall for us on that Can we get another Rick Flair? Let's get another one. It's kind of one guy here or there. It wasn't like the same guy every time. So, how, like you kind of mentioned there, but how important is it to to have those small mistakes wiped out? Rick Flair. <laughs> it always um, happens I mean, right as I goes done asking a question too. Like there's that moment of silence, and then it's just Jeff Charles yelling Rick Flair in the background. We talked to Jeff about this. Right, he's crying. <laughs> I lost it because that's the best part. I didn't realize the timing of it. Oh yeah. And so I've listened. This is the I think the first time I've listened more to pressure it. Pressure on everybody else on the field. So if I'm oh, not he does doing it again. Yeah, let's keep it. What was the key to the offense? Then that's putting more pressure on the 10. <laughs> so ten Jeff of says this was for something they're going to have in stadium like on Saturday. Were they guessed like yeah. the I think we, we And he said, well "Clip, I went home and I I thought of a lot more wrestlers I should have said." And um 
Yeah. Uh, go toe -to -toe with anybody. The first one's the best because Stephen asked something about like what's the key to the offense. Rip player. Hit it from the beginning one more time, Charlotte. First one's the best. Just to hear it. Fernando, when you guys rewatch the app game, they rewatch the tape. Rick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they were in Charlotte, right? So. What are the takeaways from App State's offense? Rick Flair. Woo. Oh man. They were in Flair Country. I didn't laugh that hard in a while. It is uh it's so good. So uh And Fernando Fry didn't miss a beat. No. Did not bad an eye. Did I, I this is the first time I've listened to it like in full. Um <laughs> without I was I lived it. So yeah. it it's much funnier listening it than, than standing there. <laughs> oh boy good stuff all right ronnie thanks man. for joining us today man we will talk to you uh coming up saturday 9 a.m on the bud light pregame tailgate uh follow Let's ron at ronnie w11 on twitter yeah and uh pumping out some articles so yeah i covered board of trustees stuff today anything I good have that uh i thought the personally most interesting interesting thing was gone get gone gone i can't talk now oh man I'm still rick, flair. rick flair mode um john gilbert talked about some conference realignment just his thoughts he didn't give names of schools obviously but um talked about how basically the tv contract is tied for the american to a lot of this you know that they need to protect the tv contract what you lose you need to try and gain as much prestige to keep because i guess when schools leave and conferences expand that type of stuff the tv deals then are subject to change you know espn can say whoa we're going to pay you less money because this happened. You know, with like the Big 12, Texas, and Oklahoma leaving, obviously that affects that contract, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I'll have that uh, in the reflector here the next few days. Um, we talked about some NIL stuff, so some different kind of interesting big picture topics. And they're expecting around 40 for yeah, the game on low Saturday. 40s. Low yep. 40s. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Ronnie, thank you, man. Enjoyed it. You got it. We're going to call you uh, Saturday. You're coming by. I can come here. Then I'll go to the game. Come on. Let's do it. All right, we'll see you Saturday. All right. Bring your ass with that sissy gray shirt. <laughs> hey, I got a sissy gray shirt on over there. Take a time out. Come back when we return. Rick Smith joins us for the first time in the 2021 football season. We'll talk to Coach Smith. Troy D will be here. I got tons of audio, too if we have time to get to as well. It's coming up in Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you one who's been waiting before trying CBD? ENS Hemp is the area leader in CBD, and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. 
Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, hour three of Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday, getting you set for East Carolina and South Carolina. Coming up Saturday at noon, Troy D is alongside, and for the first time this football season, we're welcoming in Coach Rick Smith to the Pirate Radio Studios. Coach Smith, great to see you. It's always good to see you guys. I just had someone ask me uh, yesterday, so when is Coach Smith coming back on the show? I said, funny ask. Your wish is granted. Today, right now, is the day. We put out the Coach Smith yeah. bat signal, and, yeah. and he appeared. What would that look like, Coach? <laughs> Some people might have thought I'd passed away. <laughs> He's still kicking and uh, ready to Josh go. Josh Hawkins would say that's a big middle finger in the sky that you put out there. <laughs> yeah. That might be the Coach Smith signal, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Josh. We'll, uh, i tell you what, we'll get into uh, what you saw from East UAP State. We'll talk about what you want to see from the Pirates uh, all year in 2021 and preview East Carolina, South Carolina. Shirley, let's go ahead and get a break in now, and we'll come back. We'll have Coach Smith. We'll have uh, – we got comments from Mike Houston, Blake Carroll, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and we'll make you a winner this hour. Open up the booty bag. A huge hour three on tap on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA is the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $1,000 a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty. Back with you on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Looking forward to a full game day Saturday here in the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll be with you 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls until the last caller is served. And uh, also another edition for Saturday, we'll have the UBE Pirate Preview at 7 a.m. That show will be live Friday at noon. Troy D. Uh, with the voice Jeff Charles live at UBE coming up on uh, Friday. Yeah, that, we didn't do that show at all last year due to the COVID situation. So glad that's going to be coming back in. Friday ought to be bumping here in downtown Greenville as I know there are some rain showers in the greater Greenville area right now. But coming up Friday, perfect weather for the first Freeboot Friday in a couple years. That'll be open to the public at the Five Points Plaza right across the studios of pirate radio clip so we're excited about that it'll start at uh, 5 30 go to about 8 39 and it, once again it is free you mentioned we'll be debuting the brand new pirate radio t-shirts there that look phenomenal first time we've ever done tie-dye mm-hmm. by the way and game day forecast if you're wondering about that for the tailgate sunny and 82 degrees mm-hmm with a low how about this when you wake up in the morning though because folks some folks might be getting up early it is a noon kickoff you might get out there a little earlier to tailgate the low saturday this could be saturday evening too 55 degrees good grief 
So you'll have a, a swing from 55 to the low as the low to 82 as the high. But it should be perfect by noon. Low humidity, just ideal tailgating and football weather Saturday clip. I thought it'd be later in the year before Shirley and I went in sweatpants mode, but could be I mean, happening it could this be, Saturday. It could be possible hoodie material for the first part of the tailgate. That's right. But And I'll tell you this, too. I thought about this. You mentioned it. In fact, we didn't even talk about it. You mentioned it early in the show. I do believe this may not be the last time ECU ever plays an SEC team, but I think this may be the last time ECU ever plays an SEC team in Greenville, North Carolina. I think if you want to see this, you better get out there Saturday because I don't think it's ever going to happen again. I don't think ECU will ever get an SEC team to come to Greenville again after this one. The way the world of college football scheduling it. goes these days, it does look pretty bleak as far as getting one of those teams here. Yeah, so this is your – to say you were there, you better be there Saturday. And I, you know, I'm not being paid to say that. I'm just saying that. Who would pay you to say that? The ECU. <laughs> hey, pump up the tickets. There's still a few out there. Tell them we're not I'm scheduling not. SEC games anymore <laughs> no. at home. And it's not that we wouldn't want to. I just don't think we can. Robert says uh, no shin sweat. No shit. It is not a shin sweat game. All right. Good. So you can have your shins exposed. <laughs> Let's I see do not think, shins. I do not think they will be sweaty. Sweaty. Uh, no. Sweaty so, twins. Uh, usually it's got to get up to a 90 plus and a high humidity day, which is possible in these early September games for what I have deemed a shin sweat game. When you just sit there, coach, and your shin sweat, you know it's hot. When you're not doing anything, you're not working out, you're just sitting there in your seat and you're drenched in sweat, especially your shins that normally don't sweat. You know, any game could be an armpit game. This is a shin sweat. This is not a shin sweat game. We're two Hopefully, for, it's not an armpit game, by the way, too. <laughs> two for two on uh, pretty good weather. Yes. To start this we're season, on a roll. So let's keep that going. Yeah, on a positive. Coach Smith, how you doing, sir? Doing great. You Just look a, great, by the way. Well, thank you. Coach I mean, Smith, one of the healthiest guys I know. You look the same as you did in 2005, the first time I laid eyes on you, Coach. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. I think you're lying, but uh, I mean, really, I'll I, take it. No, you do. You look the same. <laughs> I think you do. Yeah. Uh, Coach, we'll, uh, let's look back before we look ahead and uh, and get your thoughts on last Thursday night, ECU losing 33-19 to to Appalachian State. What stood out to you in that football game? Well, you know, I, watching the game, I was – I got curious about the number of first downs they had. You know, they only had, like, I think, 12 series. Who is they? South Carolina. South Carolina, okay. No, you mean meant, uh, uh, App, State. App State. Appy State. Okay. Well, now, Appy State had 12 series, and that's what I've always said. That's a possession first down. Now, how many first downs did they make within those 12 possessions? See what I'm saying? How many, how many first downs do you think they had in the game? How many total first downs did App State have? Yeah, um, he asked me this earlier. I'm going to tell I you mean, my I guess. Sh- but don't, don't answer. I mean, don't tell him. What I do you was think? shocked. 20, 25. I, I said okay. 20. It's 30. Yeah. And that, what, what amazed me was there was exactly 15 runs and 15 passes. But what shocked me was the uh, 15 passes, they averaged uh, – 15 yards a throw and the runs they averaged basically seven yards a crack so just on first down they had 324 yards of offense which was over half what they had on first down they averaged 
10.8 per play on first down. Well, hell, it's hard to win yeah, when you're giving up. That's a first you know, down every time. Yeah. yeah just about and, on average. And that's why we couldn't – we didn't stop them, you know. They were doing pretty much what they wanted to do, yeah. and those numbers say that. Uh, running the football, and then when Bryce went back to throw, he was hitting some open receivers. Well, I always felt like, you know, like one of our goals was was defensively, and I keep, I still think that to to have a great football team, you got to have a great defense, mm-hmm. and I believe that. Uh, now, for folks that don't know, a newer yeah. fan, you come from the defensive side yeah. of things. For folks that aren't familiar. But the the passes, for instance, now on first down, plus 34, plus 9, plus 15, plus 15, plus 7, plus 9, plus 12, plus 9, plus 12, plus 20, plus 18, plus 16, plus 7, plus 9, plus 10, and then the runs, you know, plus 7, plus 21, plus 19, plus 19, plus 6, plus 12. I mean, that's on first down, so it's very difficult to get off. I used to think third down was the most important down, but after that game, I'm thinking maybe first down is pretty important. But And they hit a couple of third and longs off the top of my head, but obviously you're going to have a lot more success if it's third and nine than if it's third and two, third and one, yeah. the way they're doing Coach, what do you think about East Carolina couldn't really get home, couldn't really get to Bryce. They sacked him one off the top of my head, maybe twice, but they were sending extra guys and weren't getting there. Did you notice that Thursday yeah, night? But now, you know, their offensive line uh, was 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 pretty good. They had three seniors, and I believe the three seniors were fifth-year guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got it written down. Jeff uh, Charles said, we told him last week, this was the most experienced team yeah. he's ever seen on paper. It might be the oldest team in America for they, college football. Now, they, we're going to see that a lot this year with guys returning, but App State in particular. Yeah, was, yeah. They got they had, they're all six-year guys. They had eight, eight guys on offense that were seniors and eight on defense that were seniors. And the well, offense, some will refer to them as super seniors yeah. because like they're not just seniors. Yeah. Well, they're not four-year guys. These are five or six-year. Three of the offensive linemen for, for them – was a fifth year they were fifth year guys so three of them were in their fifth year and then the other two were both uh red shirt juniors so they were in their fourth year so their offensive line was very experienced no doubt it was uh what did you see i talked to kevin monroe color analyst on the pirates img sports network after the game and asked him about app state gashing ecu on the run he said and it was a little bit of both but he said our linebackers have to do a better job. I was thinking it was more D-line getting pushed around. He kind of put the onus on the linebackers not being in the correct spots and coming up and making the tackles. What, what did you see? Well, I know a couple of times, you know, I saw the defensive lineman getting double teamed. And, like, they turned out on the, on the nine-technique defensive end, and they doubled down on the three-technique. And I could have ran through the hole, and there was nobody there. Somebody's got to be there. Yeah, I mean – uh you know and a lot of people don't understand it gap control anytime they pull a guard or put a put a running back in that gap well that gap just became two gaps so when they run an isolation or they pull the guard around say they pull the guard around for a power play you better have somebody underneath that pulling guard because that's a gap between him and the guard well outside that pulling lineman is also a gap between him and the offensive tackle so anytime somebody pulls that backside linebacker's got to run with the puller 
you got to have you got to have two two butts in that gap in that hole two, because two, two butts you say yeah surely he said two butts it's two little butt I, cheeks in the gap yeah. which that would be technically four butt cheeks in that case <laughs> So to make it simple for people, if, if somebody runs an I, uh, an ISO, which is a a full back, or somebody coming in that gap to block, well, there's a gap on each side of him, so you got to have two people in that gap. Well, it's no different if they pull a guard. The guard wraps around the center and goes in, say, B gap. There better be somebody underneath that pulling lineman, and there better be somebody outside that pulling lineman. Well, we ran into a run first team last week, and guess what? We're running into another one this week. South Carolina, Kevin Harris had over, what, 1,300 yards last year. They're running back. He's supposed to be back this week for South Carolina. So they're going to look, Coach, to uh, to run the football first, just like uh, App State did. Now, now, are they that good, in your opinion? They, they throttled Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Uh, is Eastern Illinois that bad? Is South Carolina that good, or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it's somewhere in the middle. Now, Eastern Illinois, uh, last time they were – again, I don't know much about them, but I remember when th- there was a football coach that, at Florida State at one time named Daryl Mudra. And Daryl Mudra went there and took that job, and they were awful. But he actually won 10 games, I think, his second or third year. That's the last time I heard of him. <laughs> Isn't uh, is Tony Romo Eastern Illinois? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, That's right. Do you know their nickname? Uh, the Panthers, because I think I looked it up oh, okay. earlier. Panthers. Uh, I've talked to Corey Miller, which was an awesome oh, conversation. Brought back some great memories of prime time with the Pac Man. Yeah. And also, uh, he's a South Carolina great, follows the program, and mm-hmm. Tommy Suggs, the analyst on their radio network. They could not say enough about how bad Eastern Illinois was. So instead of hyping up what South Carolina did, they were saying, we still don't know what we got because mm-hmm. we played a really bad football team last week. So. They were bad. Kind of tough to judge what the Gamecocks have. Speaking of former South Carolina guys, expecting uh, Phil Petty to be at the Pirate Radio tailgate zone, former uh, Gamecock quarterback and former yeah. assistant coach yeah. with you, I believe. Yeah, Phil coach was with, on, uh, with on Skip Staff. Yeah. Yeah. Phil was with us, I think, three years. Yeah, when he was quarterback's coach. Quarterback right? at yep. South Carolina. No, but I'm saying his role at ECU. Quarterback, quarterback coach. Quarterback coach yes. here, yeah. So the folks will... Longer time Pirates will remember him, but uh, we're expecting him back in Greenville Saturday. Good deal. Looking forward to that. Talk to him on the uh, pregame. Well, now, to, to tell you how bad the offense was for Eastern Illinois, another stat that shocked me was, get, how many plays do you think? It, He's got the folder. He's a lot of notes on this folder. How many plays did they get, or how many first downs? How many plays? Total plays in the game? Yeah, that they had on offense. Total plays on offense, I'm going to say uh, they had, I'm going to guess, 30. No, well, 44. Good God. Lincoln Riley wanted to run 100. They 100, got to 44. Yeah. How many times did they run it? 22 for how many yards? <laughs> 31. Well, I know they had <laughs> just over 100 total yards in the game, right? 109 yards. 109 yards in yeah. a football How many first downs game. they have? Uh, how many first downs they had? Three. Three. All right. Well, I guess. I just guessed. I don't know if that's true yeah. or not. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, not a great performance. Good wow. start for Shane Beamer. Beamer Ball Jr. Well, that's what you want in your first game, right, yeah. Troy? You want to blow out Absolutely. no matter who it is. Now, you know, uh, you remember Shane was a little kid, right, Coach? Yeah. I mean, you used to co- go up against his dad. Yeah. I remember uh, I've actually been to a clinic, you know, when I was a high school coach, when Coach Beamer was the head coach and, and uh, went up and – 
you know, I've met his son. Of course, mm-hmm. his son probably don't remember it because he wasn't very old. Right. But, you know, used to those those college clinics where like high school coaches could go up and I don't know if they do it anymore, but I'd go up sometimes and stay a couple of days, you know, get up there. And, and I didn't particularly like to go to the clinics, you know, where all the coaches that I'd like to go like just go up there by myself, maybe with a couple of coaches and, you know, the other coaches have more time with you because there's only three or four of you there and it's just your staff and you uh you know they let you sit in the meetings and mm-hmm. i mean you're just i mean it's just so much better that way yeah i think i heard i say they blocked a couple of punts that's that can't be a coincidence that a beamer team is good on special teams so no, you gotta worry about that this week yeah because yeah. it's you know that was one of his dad's characteristics are one of the things he was known for for the great special teams what do you make of the line it's there's been a lot of movement on i've seen this reported on a lot of sports websites about how much movement there's been on this betting line clip what is it currently by the way just south carolina by two and so it's gone from east carolina south carolina being favored to east carolina being favored to now south carolina being favored i mean this has been like a ping pong match with this line there is sometimes some movement but i don't i can't remember a game that's had this much movement the week of a game can you clip for ecu no i mean it I mean, again is, uh, it kind of settled i guess starting beginning of the week ecu by two so it's gone like a full four points in a couple of days really yeah I, and i thought donnie kirkpatrick made a great point at the press conference the other day coach and, and he said look even the worst sec team still has seven eight nfl guys on it you know, so I don't, he doesn't care where they end up in the SEC. They're still a tough challenge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're they're the SEC, uh, and and South Carolina. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. Their offensive line is huge. Their offensive line averages they average six four and a half three sixteen. Now, this is what gets you. They have three fifth-year players on offensive line, and then the other two are four-year juniors, four-year juniors. I see one um, looking at Coach's notes, 6'7", 342 pounds. We had uh, Wager McGee on the show. He references Phil Steele's magazine a lot. Phil Steele, and I I couldn't believe this because South Carolina picked near the bottom, have the fourth ranked O line in all of the SEC, yeah. which yeah. says a whole lot. Well, you look at the uh, left tackle, number 75. He's a fifth year senior. The left guard's a, a third year junior. 6'5, 327. Yeah. Then the other center, the center, 6'4, 308. He's a fifth year guy from North Carolina. Uh, their right guard is 6'3, 300 pound, fourth year from North Carolina. Their right tackle is 6'4, 305, fourth year from Georgia. So, Three of their offensive linemen are from North Carolina. Yeah, the smallest guy is 6'3", 300 pounds. There's a lot of hogs on that line. And they, they, they might not throw the ball on Saturday. Yeah. They and, might just hand it off every time. And their tight ends are, you know, 6'4", 250, and 6'3", 230. Clip, uh, are you nervous? Uh, I'm not. I got ECU winning this game. Really? Yep. Wow. Bounce back. Am I doing a prediction later? That does, it's your world, baby. Do what you want. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to ask me for one. This one. I'll officially ask you later. Okay, show. all right. I'll hold it down. This is I have, I'm ready to go with it when you need it. This is something a lot of people don't look at, but I do. On offense, they've got six fifth-year seniors, and they've got two seniors and two redshirt juniors. And on defense, they've got five 
redshirt seniors. They got those guys are in their fifth year. They got one senior, then they've got two redshirt juniors. So I mean, everybody that plays for them is in their fifth or fourth year. I mean, they've been shaving for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe doing more than that. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But um, you know, you never know. Hadn't talked much about ECU's offense, Coach. I know you look at it from a defensive perspective, but what was your uh, your thoughts on the Pirates' offense last Thursday? Mm, well, they, they, what did we score, 19? Yeah. Now, 10 of those pretty late in the game when yeah, App State had yeah. maybe taken the foot off the gas. Yeah, they didn't. Now, they had two touchdowns called back yeah. and a long Ehlers run called back. Called back. So, could have had more points. I think App State could have had more if they wanted more, too, personally. Yeah. But, um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a positive. The Getting the ball to the running backs out of the backfield, catching the football, was certainly a positive for ECU. Now, the problem with that is their top two receivers had four catches apiece. So you got to get the ball in their hands more. But I thought the running backs catching the ball was one of the big positives. I didn't see much else that was a big positive, but how, how about you? No, I didn't. I, I'm I'm still old school, and I guess I still think in order to win, in order to win, you better be able to run the football. Well, I know you didn't like, and you um, better be able to stop the run on defense. You didn't like twelve carries between our running backs then, eight mm-hmm. to Harris and four to Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Which, when I heard that after the game, I was shocked. I was like, that can't be right, but it was. Yeah. That's just 12 carries among your top two backs there. Yeah. And, you know, was it a screen or was it what, what the long uh, run? That was on a pass. Yeah, yeah that was a screen Running back pass, screen. Which, screen's just uh, yeah, it's like a sweep, hell. <laughs> you sound like a defensive guy that don't lie. I love running back screens. We got to use them more. Well, I do too, and I think they're hard to stop too now. Yeah, especially with an aggressive defense, right? I'll tell you what, breaking down the stats here with you from last week and talking about some of the guys coming up this week for South Carolina hasn't exactly uh, gotten me fired up. It's gotten me a little concerned. I'm concerned because I. What What is your outlook for Saturday? What do you think is going to happen? I think Coach Beamer's going to come in here and he's going to say they they're going to either stop the run or. They're going to be bleeding. He's going to come in here and stick it right up our kazoo. Uh-oh. This could yeah. be a damn kazoo game. No, they're going to run the football. Wait, that is not our good. first kazoo game of the year? We have not had a kazoo game yet. <laughs> this is a kazoo game. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, he won the game with a graduate assistant at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that guy's going to be playing this week. Yeah, Looks might, like they might be getting their regular starter back. Maybe better yeah. for us. Who's a yeah. dual threat guy. But yeah. No, they're going to come in. They're going to run the ball. I think, yeah. uh, I mean, if we're going to go prediction time now, we can go ahead and do that, Troy D. What, what's your prediction for the game? <sighs> All right, Clip. Listen. You can just I just want to. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. Holden Naylor's was born in Pitt Memorial Hospital. I just want to preface this by saying, I hope I am wrong. And you don't hear that very often. And you're often wrong. You were last week. I was last week. Last week, I really, I was all in on the Pirates. I really felt good about where this team was going. And I had a good feeling about it. And it did not pan out. And I was wrong. Sometimes people are wrong, Clip. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can keep that streak going and be wrong again. And if that's what I got to do to help this program, then I will sign up and do it. But I don't feel it. I do not feel it unless there is some drastic changes. 
I think South Carolina is too big and too strong, and they're bringing all the momentum in here, and I don't see East Carolina winning Saturday. I see East Carolina improving from last week, but falling short to the Gamecocks. All right. East Carolina loses, unfortunately. What kind of score? I don't want to give a score. All right. I'm just going to say does not win. Pirates take the L. Yeah. And once again, I hope we're here Monday or next week, and you're playing this back and go, look what an idiot he is. Would not be the first time. No, it would not be the first time. <laughs> and I promise will not be the last time. Well, there's a reason they keep score. Yeah, but I so I predict unfortunately and this is crazy because you're predicting a win. Yeah. What gives you what where does this confidence come from Clip Rock, who is usually, by the way, the negative guy around here? No, the you can call me the realistic Realist, okay. guy around where here. Where does the confidence where come from? Where I had App State beat East U.S. I've week. lost my confidence. I know because you are so emotional. You I'm not emotional, back. Clip. You, you, I'm totally game, balanced. One game. Thank Thanks, Thank Malcolm. You. Sorry, Malcolm. One game, he lost his confidence. Last week, he was talking Peach Bowl. This week, he's lost his confidence. I'm totally. You do God. this every freaking year, Troy. Every all the time. Here's why. It's more about just watching football and not ECU football. It's a bounce back opportunity. It is a bounce if you back want to use an ECU example. They lost to A&T a few years ago. Yep. The world was on fire. Oh, yeah. They came back the next week, beat North Carolina by 30 points. True. Yeah. I said that to someone last night. They said, well, Carolina only won two or three games that, that year. South Carolina's only going to win two or three games that year. South Carolina's not that good. They are ripe for the picking. Well, we'll We're going to see improvements week one to week two, and the Pirates are going to win this game at home, and people are going to be back on board at least for one week. Yeah. Those I, are, that's I hope that that's awesome. Yeah. Got me feeling a little bit better now when you yeah. talk like that. Got to take the emotion out of it. All right. So we've got Want to change your predi- uh, prediction? You want to change the prediction? Who are you talking to? You. No. I'm he got you called into no, it now? No, no, no. I feel better about it. I hope I'm wrong. All right. So Clip says win. I say loss. Coach Smith, what do you say? We can't stop the run. They're going to win. So is that we can't stop? Is that a statement or question? Was there an if or are you saying we can't? If we can't stop the okay, run, okay. Okay. I need to know if we can or can't. So you got to go win or loss here. Well, I'm always going to say we're going to win. All right. All right. Let's go faux coach Rick Smith. What does he say? <laughs> They're going to lose. <laughs> They're going to lose if they can't stop the run. I mean, faux coach Rick Smith, I need a yes or no, win or lose. Well, I'm always going to say they're going to win. <laughs> See, I thought faux Rick Smith would go the opposite. Nah, he's positive too. Yeah, apparently. All right. <laughs> how you think? How you like uh, faux Rick Smith over there, Coach? He's not, good. He's, he's pretty good. good. He's good and it's not just faux Rick Smith. The the talk. It's the mannerisms that he's really got to got now, down. I actually do have a question for you. <laughs> well, Where well, did you get that shirt? Because I really like it. I, I have got, this shirt. I got this shirt when I was still working. Yeah, that's a coach's side. I have yeah. that shirt. Uh, one of the coaches. Hey, Troy has shirt. it too. Where I, the, I should have worn it. We could have been twinsies. Well, here's yeah. a. Well, here's another question. Where the hell is mine? <laughs> <laughs> I could give my shirt to Fowrick Smith, and then we could get a team photo with that you two guys. Great, that would be awesome. Yeah, get some glasses on. <laughs> Coach, you got some uh, some cool gear. Like I said, you look like you did when you coached. We could do a podcast with y'all, too. <laughs> Real coach and faux coach. Rick yeah. on Rick. But I tell you what, it's great having them back in studio. I love seeing them come in the door with that, that folder. 
He's going to break and it down. And let me tell you something. For those that haven't seen the folder, I want to keep one of these folders one time when you don't need it anymore. It's got writing on the front, on do the you, back, on the inside, and there's not an inch on the folder that isn't used. Do you use a diff- different folder every week? Yes. So you just have like a stash of folders. Yeah, I have do you a folder keep, for each team. There's so much information on it. Do you keep these folders yeah. when you're done? So you never mm-hmm. throw them out. Like they're filed away. Yeah. Like literally wow. a file yeah. folder. Wow. See, so like... Uh, How many folders do you think you have like this at home? Oh, a whole... You know, what do you got, like a filing list? cabinet or something you keep them in? I've got, I've got stuff that uh, I took notes in 1971 when Bobby Bowden got the head job Lord, at Florida State. That's when I was born, Coach. Wow. I got notes from clinics I went to in the 70s, 80s. Uh, I keep everything when it had to come to coaching. That's awesome. We just lost Bobby Bowden, too. Yes. So that was uh, a big yeah. loss in the college football Do you ever world. go back and look at him, or just, yeah. you just like to keep him? You know, when he got sick, I went back and looked at some of the stuff, you know, because I, I went to his clinics every year. Uh, and, of course, uh, he interviewed me a couple of times, you know, for jobs there. Uh, and I was telling my wife, I said, and it was 1970. I was the head coach at Walcola High School. I can't remember, 74, 75. And Coach Bowden, you know, he wanted to interview me for the head freshman job and help on defense. And I was telling Barbara, I said, do you remember what I wore to that interview? This is how old I am. Y'all remember leisure suits? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a leisure suit that was kind of a... I don't know. You know, I had the vest and <laughs> styling and wow. you know, see a picture But of it was kind of a light greenish color. Oh, wow. I Classic. mean, do you have still have that? No. Oh, huh? that'd be cool to have. Um, probably get some money for that thing now. Does Barbara ever say, look, Rick, this is all clutter in our light. We need to declutter this stuff? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Because I, I, you know me, guys, I like to keep things, you know, kind of really clutter free in my life. So I, that would drive me crazy having that much memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have it anymore. I'm just kidding. kidding. I think she sold it at a. I'd keep every one of them, Coach. Oh, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I got stuff. I'm not even. Sure. He's got the first <laughs> microphones he's ever had here. I got stuff not still. even as valuable as your folders that I'm still holding on to. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Did you watch? Uh, speaking of Florida State, that was the game of the week uh, Sunday night, coach. Yeah, I Did watched. You stay it. up for that. that yeah, was awesome. I watched. That was a great it. game. It was. Notre Dame ended up winning it, but a uh, great game in Tallahassee. Was that high school again? Lake Wakahala. What was it? Lake what? No. What was the high school you just talked about? That I was at. Yeah, Wakala. 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 Okay. Let's uh, let's get another break in. Shirley Rhodes, we need to make somebody a winner on this Thursday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All righty. 317-1250. Shirley, what are we giving away today? An A.J. McMurphy's gift card. All right. Sounds like a winner. Great place to catch a ball game. NFL Sunday, College Saturday. And everything in between. What color are you looking for? Color 12. 317-1250. Color 12 is a winner right now. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this.
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sung Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. And if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then uh, Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Soak Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. And congratulations to Johnny Dickens, better known as Come on, Come guys. Come on, guys. From Winnebo, North Carolina. From where? That's not a Winnebo. Come, Come on, Troy. It is uh, close to Wilmington, but he really? picked up a... Uh, Winnebo? I never heard of that. Yeah. And uh, so it uh, he picked up the A.J. McMurphy's uh, card. Start your football weekend off right at AJ's. They have free live music coming up tomorrow night with the hand cramps and built for comfort on Saturday. And then uh, if you can't make it to the game, come watch the Pirates take on the Gamecocks Saturday at noon with uh, the flat screen TVs that they have. And uh, make sure to end the weekend with brunch and week one NFL football on Sunday. As always, AJ's has great food and ice cold pirate beverages. Make this weekend an AJ's weekend. Clip. That uh, that brunch on Sunday, a uh, bit of a hidden gem. I had it uh, either last Sunday or the Sunday before, uh, an omelet. Oh yeah, mm. uh, to get you into a football Sunday. Mm. That's a good move on Sunday's omelet. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to have the hand cramps play the weekend. The Gamecocks are here. <laughs> when I gave Shirley the uh, live read today, she said, "How are they going to be able to play?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did they play with their toes? I mean, because I've had hand cramps before. You got a bunch of Brian Kellys around here. Good jokes going on. Is that supposed to be Was funny? That supposed to be funny? Thank uh, you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess if they play bad, you can say, well, our hands were cramped. We told you. It's right there on the, uh, yeah. the marquee. But if they're good, how about that? These guys play great for the hand That's cramps. That's impressive. Yeah. Anything else? I got. I like. Got to go hear these guys now. All right, good plug for them. <laughs> yeah. All I, right. Speaking of plugs, I want to thank my buddy Billy Parker for uh, hosting us at Parker's Barbecue last night. I took the uh, speaking of football, took the Jag Dog team out to eat last night. Uh, Fifty players out mm. last night at uh, Parker's Barbecue. Fifty. Fifty middle schoolers are on the team. It's the uh, merge. It's the great merger. It's the great middle school merger. You might have heard They're, about it between. Acock Middle School and e- and uh, CMF's Middle School. Really? A modern-day uh, Remember the Titans. Yep, they've merged football teams this year and uh, took all the kids That realignment in middle school is just getting out of hand. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> we are now our Power 5 <laughs> middle school program <laughs> with the Jack Dog football program. But uh, thanks to the folks at Parkers for there was, uh, helping us out there. There was one kid night. in that picture that looked like he had too much. <laughs> Did you see? I, I put it out there on Twitter thanking the folks at Parkers. I didn't realize I put, we took a team photo for all the players and coaches there. <laughs> one kid in... And it, I'll have to show it to you, Coach. It's pretty funny. Clip, did you see this? I saw the team photo, yeah. Yeah, did you zoom in on it? Evidently, someone zoomed in on it. People on Twitter are very uh, – very. Uh, so that was a team photo right there. You can go on my Twitter feed and see it. Yeah, That's I saw that. Photo. 
But someone said, "By oh, the way, the I can, Parkers." Is... I, yeah, I can totally relate to this kid. It's how I feel after every oh, time man. I hear Parkers. <laughs> That's my favorite player. For the radio right audience, uh, there's a kid that has his shirt pulled up with his hand on his belly, but it's like, kind of it's kind of with a number one. I like that. It's kind of hidden in there with the uh, 50 other players. But if you zoom in, you can see it. That's I, my I guy. Like, I can totally. That is. Uh, Clip Brock Jr. right there. Family style. Yeah, no question. All in on the family style. One man family taking it down. <laughs> Good work, kid. Very perceptive. So that's by, awesome. By uh, one of our viewers. So when do they play? They were supposed, well, they were to, supposed play to play now, right? tonight. Yeah. This, uh, they canceled it. Farmville was coming in. Farmville called, wanted to cancel, postpone the game because of weather. But look, this is Eastern North Carolina. You can't postpone a game ahead of, a day ahead of time. Meanwhile, it ended up being perfect out Those here. Farmville folks, man. It's, I mean, I, I hate to call them out, but <laughs> just seeing if you were paying. I thought attention. it was a little premature to call the game the, the day before. Yeah, so it's been rescheduled for Monday. All right, a little Monday night football. Yeah, afternoon football. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Monday night football, we'll have that on Pirate Radio. We got Thursday night football tonight. Troy D, oh, the man, fired up champions this. of last season, Tampa Bay taking on the Cowboys. What a tonight. great matchup for a national game because you you know you got cow- Cowboy fans have a big How following. about them Cowboys? Or people hate them, so they'll be tuned in to root against them. Exactly. And then a lot of people want to see what happens with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady this year. Another uh, Brady so, to the Super Bowl. Can he, make yeah. it, can he make it eight? That or people nuts. don't like them and don't want them to, so they'll root against it. You know, so a lot of storylines in this a one. A lot of rooting against going on tonight. By the way, Hard Knocks, the final episode. I didn't even watch the last one. Yeah, I did. Um, oh, uh, Ben DiNucci I did, got I told, cut. Oh, no, I told you don't tell me. You just said you watched no, it. No, I did not watch it yet. Did it air did, last did you, you just, just say you watched you it? Just no, no, said last I, week. Not this week. I meant last week. I watched. Well, Ben DiNucci got cut. Oh, man. I did not. I purposely so. not followed anything Cowboys to find out. I know, and no, I wasn't going to tell you tonight until you said I watched it. No, it's Tuesday night. It's oh, I missed. I missed it last. It's night. over. It's oh, done. I'm sorry. I watched it last week, not this week. All right. He did get cut. He should have gotten cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know why he should have gotten cut? Just for his annoying voice. Did you hear him talk? I don't. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we got to get some audio of that. It sounded like a like a like a ventriloquist. Oh, I should have gone there. <laughs> sounded like a, like a high-pitched puppet or something talking. A burglary. Funny you bring that one up. Yeah, I know, right? Can you just be quiet, please? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Coach Smith, you hanging in over there? Hanging in there. All right, sorry. We got sidetracked. This is what we do, Coach. I, I know. I've been here a few years. I know. Chime yeah. in anytime you want now. He just sits back and watches the nonsense go on. <laughs> I like watching young people. Where are, are they? Well, yeah, well, yeah. That's why my coach out around. I appreciate I, it. I like it when yeah, coach have you been young seeing person. me walk around? Uh, yeah, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> yeah, surely walks around, limps like an 80-year-old. That's why we keep yeah. you around, coach. It makes us feel young, yeah. so yeah. thanks for hanging out. You're probably the healthiest person. I know. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> if we had a death pool going, you'd yeah. be the last yeah. one on the list. Yeah, you're looking good. Everyone else is on some type of medication around here, I bet. Not coach, right? No. 74. Not one single pill. No. Nope. He might be on a few after the night, the day show. <laughs> <laughs> might, might need some Tums or a BC headache powder after this one. He has some medication when he watches ECU play, I've heard. That, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's over the counter. <laughs> yeah. You can get that at the gas station. Yes. Coach is hooked on white Never a white call in his life. That's, yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. He don't even know what that is. I've heard of what's it. Your, by the way, just curious, what's your favorite beer choice? My favorite beer choice? Yeah. 
Budweiser? Budweiser. Yeah. That's Bud what I was going to guess. This, but not Bud, Bud Light. Light. I'm just going to say straight up Bud. Well, I like that, too. Yeah. But which one, if it's between Bud or Bud Light, which one you go? Well, because of my weight, I'd, yeah, I'd go Bud, Bud Light. Okay. Healthy. But actually, the, yeah, fewer others, calories. the other's better. Yeah. Tastes better. Notice my hat? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting uh, tailgate ready right here. Now, I like Did they pay you to wear that? Actually, my friends at uh, Carolina Eagle provided me this hat, and I appreciate that. Great partners with us here at Pirate Radio. In our uh, 19th year of the Bud Light pregame tailgate, I proudly wear this purple and gold Bud Light hat. Have you, you had go. that? Have you had that on the beach this summer? Listen, I have. It, it looks like it's. Fake. Is the hat yeah. 19 years old? No, this is brand. <laughs> I got this uh, in the spring. Oh, my buddy Russ from Carolina Eagle gave it to Ooh, me, and Russ. I have. I told him I would wear it. I thought it was cool. It's got something on the back. What does it say on the back, Clip? It says Arg. Arg. It's got Arg embroidered in the back, and yeah. it's a purple gold Bud Light hat, which is really cool. I think. Do you ever go uh, liquor drink, Coach? Or are you strictly beer? No, I, I drink it all. Not not a lot, but I yeah. like vodka. Vodka. You know? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Get to know Rick Smith. Yeah, I like that. You know, back in the day when That's, I was young. You know that was that was the drink of the the five amigos that I had. I ran with uh, I ran with two sets of brothers. Okay. The Walsh brothers, Ronnie and Bobby, and the Mullins brothers, Jimmy and Johnny. The and five we were, amigos. We were all you know in college together, and uh, we would go to Dairy Queen on Jackson Bluff Road and get slushies, and go to the liquor store and and pay somebody to go in and buy oh, yeah. us a fifth of <laughs> vodka and you know we take would, notes folks take notes you know we'd pay the guy five bucks to go and get us a thing of vodka and we'd mix our drinks out in the car and, that's how it's done kids you know and then one of those cars ended up in the water somehow you told us yeah, that well story. barbara don't need to hear about that oh okay. yeah we don't yeah. tell that one okay sorry but your that. memory's incredible you yeah you'd have you could recite more stories than i can't even remember well i wrecked two volkswagens in those days <laughs> well and put one in the actually it was three one in the ocean i roll one seven times and then i kind of got guy ran into the back of me that was ronnie and pushed me off a bridge <laughs> you coach your kid no. wait so you've been in the ocean off a bridge <laughs> rolled and rolled times. one well it was a, it was a it was i was going was a by different time i was on orange avenue which nobody knows but it was right you near, remember this it like, was right near woodville if you went off a bridge you'd no, remember but, it Troy. <laughs> no i'm saying like the name of the road who was with you all this it's incredible well i mean i grew up there and it was going right by woodville lumber company where my my grand my uncle ran it right. and uh the road was real wet and uh the dog ran out in front of me, and I slammed on brakes and kind of slid off the road. Ronnie ran into the back of me, and oh, so boy. he pushes me on down. I hit the rails, and the rail, you know. Good grief. But, uh, hey, and I uh, get to know Rick. My Smith. dad got really upset about I that. Bet. I can yeah. see that. What um, What's the last movie you watched? You mean the last one I actually went to a movie? No, 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 like on TV or what? I'm just curious. Like, what Castle movie have, have you watched? Like, what movie did you watch from beginning to end? What's the last movie you watched? I don't remember. Okay. Wow. Okay. So he remembers all that stuff. Yeah. 50 years ago. Not a big movie guy, TV guy. Well, are you watching these shows right now? Do you like have an episode, like anything you're into entertainment wise or just sports? Just kind of sports. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard of Yellowstone? 
Yeah, I've watched that several times. It's a good show. Yeah, it's coming it back in a couple he's, months. He's a really good actor. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Clint Eastwood's got a new movie coming out. That I, I saw, saw, I saw a promo for it. Made me think of you, Coach. You kind of got a little Clint Eastwood vibe I'm thinking the last movie I watched was Clint Eastwood. It was when he was an older fellow. Yep. Lived in the house. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw that in the theater. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Rio something. Man, what is it? Um, it's the name of a car, right? Yes, El Dorado, El Dorado, or something. Anyway, you know he he had the car and he let the guy have it when yeah. he. Anyway, I'll figure it out. We got to take a time our final timeout. His wife died. Rio Diablo. Yes. No, that's not it. No, no. it's not. It's <laughs> that's uh, a that's a John Wayne. Grand Torino. Grand, Grand Torino. Torino. That's, that's it. it. Close, but no cigar. Crowd. Oh. And Mike Horton just sent this to me from Chico. Speaking of, uh, as did Morgan Aylers. Great places. Had lunch at Chico's today. You want to guess what I had? Food. Uh, a lot of <laughs> chips. True. I even went with the cheese, which I normally don't do. Oh. The, the melted cheese. Uh, I'm going to say you had a... Um, I'm going to go shrimp tacos. God, you're good, Clip Rock. I went three deep on shrimp tacos, and I haven't done that in a while. We could be on the uh, newlywed game, Troy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know me better than most. Uh, shrimp tacos it was at Chico's. They could be yours. Open seven days a week. Thanks to our friends at Chico's. And thanks to Morgan Aylers also sending in Grand Torino, who will be here on the show on Friday, as will Ryan Robinson, Troy D. Yes, joining we'll, us. Yes, uh, we'll open up the show with Ryan. What do you need to know if you're heading to Dowdy Fickland Stadium? We'll let you know coming up on Friday. All right, final timeout. We'll come back, wrap it up with Coach Smith after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down 151 points at 34,879. The NASDAQ was down 38 at 15,248. And the S&P was down 20 at 4,493. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. And take a look at your Buck scoreboard. Nationals and Braves will go head-to-head tonight at 7.20. The A's lead the White Sox right now in the bottom of the 7th. And uh, it'll be Bucks and Cowboys. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio beginning at 7.30. And that is a look at your Buccaneers scoreboard brought to you by Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in ENC. The Buccaneer Music Hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule. See ya at the Buck. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Barat. The Buck. The Buck. Troy D, fun show. This was fun. Enjoyed it, Coach. Great seeing you as always. Coach will be back with us next week too as a regular all during football season. And Clip, as one of our friends used to say, Saturday is truly going to be a big ball game. Big ball game. For the Pirates. A lot riding on this coach for ECU. I agree. Um, Could it be a toss-up coach? Honestly, I don't care who you're playing. You got to do two things. Offensively, you got to do what? 
run, run the ball. ball. And defensively, stop, stop the, the run. run. And we didn't do that last week. Yeah. And I guarantee you, South Carolina's going to come in here and cry, and they're going to run the football, and yeah. we got to stop it. Hopefully, we're not talking about kazoos next week, guys. Yeah. I Could be a not. kazoo game. <laughs> oh, boy. Good stuff. Uh, Troy, we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. I'll be here With at Ryan three. Robinson, yep. Shirley cover. Chandler. Chandler, we won't see you again until Saturday during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Have a good call tomorrow night with Wattville. And uh, we'll talk to you fine folks coming up Friday, 3 o'clock on an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.